that's fine. Any apologies? Only one apology from Nolu Yolo, who is not feeling well. Okay, that's 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 fine. Um, <clears throat> we do have an, an agenda today. Uh, the main one is the consideration and adoption of the draft report on the 2020 Division of Revenue Amendment Bill. And then we'll also look at the minutes of the 17th and the 25th of June, 8th and the 9th of, of, of July. And then the last item is overview of the 2020 appropriation bill. Can we proceed on the basis of that agenda? Yes, Chair. Yes, Chair. Okay, thank you. Um, that's, 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 that's what we'll do. But before we uh, we, we 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 proceed. I just want to, uh, to check the uh, the support staff members who are who are here um, because they've been very much involved with the, the drafting of this report and uh, throughout our interaction with the different role players. Um, I sometimes think that uh, we we do need to put uh, names onto the faces. Um, support staff members, please uh, introduce yourself and um, <clears throat> just say who you are and what's your responsibility in in the committee. Sviso. Good morning, honorable members. My responsibility when it comes to drafting the report, that's what you want, Chairperson? G, throughout, not necessarily with the oh, report. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a current advisor for the committee, uh, providing like content and strategic advice to, to, to the committee. And when it comes to drafting this report, uh, I must see to it that uh, structurally it is uh, sound. I'm the one who just draft the, the, the the first part of the report, except the, the public submission. The first part of the report uh, is drafted by me, as well as the findings and recommendations on my responsibilities. Okay. Thank which you. means in its entirety, except for the public submissions, the report is drafted from by myself. Thanks, Chair. Thank, thank you. Who's next? Musa, Musa, who else from the support staff is there? Musa, please come. You are muted. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, Chairperson. Uh, greetings, Chair. Greetings, honourable members. Uh, my role as a researcher, Chair, I think it speaks for itself. It's to provide research and advice to the committee based on the findings of the research. And our input into the report, I think it's the analysis that we do prior to the drafting of the report, the decision to invite or which the stakeholders invite. As for, for instance, the presentation that we'll be providing to, to you today about which departments we need to focus on and the, on the adjustments mm. appropriation bill. Thanks, Chief. Okay, who, who next is there? Uh, Nosipo, are you there? Unfortunately, Chairperson, I received a message this morning that she is not feeling well. She is asthmatic, so yeah, she's seeing the doctor. Thank you. Okay. Who else is is is, is there? Funega, are you there? Oh, 
I see Ad Advocate Jenkins, please come in. Unmute and uh, Advocate Jenkins. I I've just request. I've just yeah. Yes. No, no, I'm yeah. here, Chair. I'm following. Thank you. Good morning, honourable members. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, colleagues and guests. Yeah, Frank Jenkins is my name. I'm a senior legal advisor. Good morning. I'm senior legal advisor at Parliament, and uh, for a great part of my time at Parliament, I've been supporting finance and appropriations committees. Um, I'm not always hands-on with the report drafting and so forth. My job is more to vet the report if it's necessary or to advise the chair or members on um, legal, legal issues pertaining to the procedure of the budget going through the various committees. Um, as you know, my speciality is the Money Builds Amendment Procedure Act, uh, which I've been involved with ever since we started drafting that. Um, it's a pleasure to be here, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much, Advocate. <clears throat> is there anybody I'm leaving out? Funegal there? Uh, Sheikh Imam is here, Chair. Uh, <laughs> ah, <it's> on, <laughs> welcome, Honorable Sheikh. Uh, 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 <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, Chair. Because I belong to so many different committees, it makes it very difficult, Chair. No, no problem, but thanks for, for coming. But thank, thank you very much, uh, 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 support staff. I just thought it's important that uh, uh, time and again we should know who's behind us and helping the 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 the, the, the committee uh, i think when the other colleagues are there next time we'll also have to introduce them but thank you very much uh, this takes us to the um, to the to the report of the division of revenue amendment bill uh, <clears throat> all members this is the basically the collection of of what we have been doing um from the day the, the bill was referred to us so we have engaged many stakeholders we've had discussions we've got recommendations so that's basically what the the the, the report it's it, it's it's about um <clears throat> we're, we're not debating yet uh, i think the debate is is, is tomorrow so uh, other members can just hold on to their guns. Debates uh, <laughs> about us saying, uh, "Is that what we're doing, and is that what we are uh, 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 recommending?" There was a draft report which was sent to us, and I, I guess other members did make uh, uh, some amendments and additions. Uh -huh. You'll see that there is the latest, the latest report which was sent to us this morning has got a. Uh, if you could just open that that report, um, we also re usually refer the report to the uh, to national treasury, just to ensure that, especially around the numbers, um, we were agreeing that these are the numbers that they presented to us. So um, I'll I'll then request uh, Darren to take us through the through the report and refer us to the uh, amendments which have been. Uh, 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 proposed, and then we 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 we, we proceed from there. Darren, Chairperson, yes, Darren. Um, I'm trying to share my screen, but I seem to be struggling. I don't know if you want me to to continue, so and members can check on on the email, the email that I sent in the morning. Let, let me. Oral members, uh, uh, 
do you can you just access your your emails now is there anyone who's having a problem about accessing his or her email chairperson uh, just um, um i'm i'm not uh, i'm not able to see anything on my email what time did it come in i don't see anything so, new uh, this morning except uh, other stuff from hands. parliament I've sent it. Uh, uh, is that what we uh, uh, now? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yes. That was coming through now. Thank you, Chip. Oh, but I think there, there it comes now. Um, Darren, yeah. I can, oh, okay. I can see the report on the screen. So please take right. us. Um, Chairperson, the page one, I don't. Who is sharing this thing now? I don't think uh, this is the one from Treasury Chair. I'm not sure because it's supposed to have track changes. I guess yeah, I just got three, the, the, uh, some amendments and additions. But let, let, let me check. Honorable members, uh, is there anyone who's having a difficulty in accessing the report that was sent uh, to him or her this morning so that we can uh, proceed? You'll see that it has got uh, uh, track changes. Chairperson, yeah. Chair Dennis Joseph here. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at the report, report uh, but normally if you say track changes, I would think it's highlighted uh, or color coded or something. Yeah. If you go to page, just go to page two, that's where you'll see the first change, which is there. Do you have that? You'll see that there's a Chairperson, can I just ask Darren if, if that is the report or is it the same report of the previous one? Is it the correct report we received, Darren? We'll see that it is. Mr. Joseph, we sent the, the first the, the draft um, yesterday along with the link and, and, and the other documentation. And in the morning, um, after we received the inputs from Treasury, I sent another report. So Chairperson said that we should rather look at the one that I sent in the morning so that the members can see the track changes when we when when we when we go through the report. You see the problem, Chair, with the track changes. Yes. Can I can I can I come in? The Please. problem with track changes is that you must download it from your email before it shows. Yeah. If you don't download it from your email, it won't show the track changes. If you're reading it directly from your email, um, it does but, that sometimes. But um, I, honourable uh, Kwangka, but yours? Can you see the the changes that have been made? Just download it. When I just opened it from the email, it doesn't show the track changes. But when you download it, it does. I just opened it and. I'm, I'm, I'm having it, uh, but I just want to check in whatever way. All uh, members, are you? Can you assess this from your refer the report to the treasurer from your computer? From your computers, around the numbers. Able to see, uh, it's, 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 it's in red. Able to see the changes. If you can just go to so, page two, um, I'll, I'll then request Barry uh, to take us through. The yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. You can you see that? Okay, one of you. Okay. Right. Oh. Yeah. Man, that's the one. Okay. 
oral members who are having turn the screen now. Chairperson, can I? Chairperson, I can see it on my laptop screen now. Thank you. Okay, that's fine. But we are also having it on 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 this on the screen. Karen, uh, a proposal. Yes, sir. And then please. Uh, All right, chair. From there. On I the on the on the first page, chair, is the introduction. It's it's straightforward. Um, on page two, there's a the overview of the bill in response to COVID-19 pandemic, and then you'll see there. Treasury made a technical amendment there. Um, if we go further down, chair. No, 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 no. Okay. Just, just go back to that change that you. Okay. Yeah, okay. Go okay. Um. All right. Yeah. Talk to that change. Page two. Yes. Yes, chairperson. Yeah. Uh, next to excluding conditional grants, uh, they're proposing that we delete the end. Yeah. And and we say 100.9 billion is reprioritized in the adjustments yeah. budget, uh, comma including through, Chairperson. and then and then yes, we list we list all the changes, um, chair. I'm and then if we go further down, screen, but I seem to be struggling. I don't. That know was page two. Eh? That was that was page two. Chairperson can check on right. on the um, email. Uh, if we go further down, nothing on page three. Let me be struggling. I don't know if you want me to. Nothing on page four. On page five, chair. On the email. Um, the email that HIV and AIDS life skills education grant, chair. Um, they, 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 there's a comment that training can still be funded from the grant as the conditions relating to training are still in the grant framework. So some of the plan training may still be implemented and not all plan training is in the in the draft report. So we just took out uh, the all plan and we just say plan training sessions. And then chair on the school's infrastructure backlog grant, they deleted the total. Okay. Further yes. down, chair. Further down, they deleted uh, total and they said a net of 540 million, yeah. 540 million. Yes, chair. Yeah, too fast. Yeah. Am I yeah. too fast? Yeah, yeah, too fast. Uh, just <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. All just... right, chair. Okay, schools infrastructure uh, backlogs grant um, a net of 540 million and not a total, as you can see on the right hand side, um, Stephen is saying that 600 million was added for this purpose, but another 60 million was reduced from the other projects. Is that fine, Chair? That was, that was page five. Yes, no. Chair. And if I you know. go further down, 4.3, yeah, on the Yacht conditional grants, on the right. NHI insurance grant, Chair, um treasury uh deleted the, the 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 components that we specified there um and they said it's mainly from the health facility revitalization component and they deleted the 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 what we added because they are saying that 200 million is reduced from unallocated funds within the component is that fine chair can i can i go yes. to the next page Right. Okay. On 4.5 chair bullet two, the bullet two mass participation and sports development grant. Uh, 
If you go down to the third line, they are saying COVID-19 lockdown and provinces will use funds from cancelled competitions and not for. Further down, chair, to the transport conditional grants, provincial roads maintenance grants. Easy, 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 terrain. <laughs> okay, a total of 1.8 billion reduction in the provincial roads maintenance grant, consequently planned maintenance project. It's as the grant funds maintenance and other construction of new roads. So they just they just rectified that that one chair. Um, further down chair on page, which page is this now? Page seven. Changes to local government conditional grants allocations. It's urban settlements development grant and not urban settlements conditional grant. Sorry, and then a total of 1.1 billion reduction in the direct component of the urban settlements development conditional grant, and this will result in delays in planned projects. Uh, funds for the upgrading of the informal settlements through secure tenure and provision of basic services have not been reduced. So they are they are explaining on the right hand side. The amount reinforcements for the informal settlement upgrading have not been changed. Cities are expected to invest the same or more on provision of basic services in informal settlements and reduce spending on other projects. Uh, further down, Chairperson, there's Integrated National Electrification Program Grant. It's just they just included the program, Chair. And then a total reduction of 500 million. They deleted the second reduction. Uh, all right. Nothing on the submissions. Uh, all right, Chair. If we go further down to page 19 on findings. Page nine, eh? page, page 19, nine. yes, uh, 7.10. In the second sentence, Chair, they just rectified the view, um, the committees of the view in small cap that Cocta and Saga should actively assist a municipality where there is evidence of capacity constraints. So it's just a technical uh, amendment there, Chair. And if we go to recommendations, in 8.3, they are basically asking, uh, uh, do we do, do, does the committee want uh, a comprehensive report in respect of the amendment bill that aimed to fund the response to COVID-19 pandemic, or does it want a forward-looking report on how the 2021 Division of Revenue is aligned to the pronouncements on the infrastructure investments? So that's a question that the committee should be uh, answering and then we'll be able to make the necessary amendment. Um, and then that's that chair. I don't know if if uh, Sifiso wants to add something. Thank you. Sifiso. Chairperson, just want to ask Darren, yeah. just be that last point, please. Thank you. 
The last point, it's the last one, uh, Mr. Joseph, on that recommendation. It's 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 a question from them because the the recommendation isn't specifying if we want the the a comprehensive report on how the bill responds to the COVID-19 pandemic, or whether we want a forward-looking report on how the 2021 division of revenue is aligned to the pronouncements uh, made on infrastructure investments. So basically the committee needs to decide whether it wants a report focusing on COVID-19 only or whether it wants a forward-looking report. Thank you, sir. Chairperson. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I don't have much additions. I, I agree with the, uh, the technical additions that have been made by our colleagues from National Treasury. Steve, we thank him very much. But, on the last point that Darren is, is, is talking about, uh, I think from my side, that's the point that we need to, to pay closer attention to. Because that point relates to the pronouncement by the president to say uh, we are going to invest in infrastructure both to stimulate economic growth and uh, job creation. But now uh, the understanding is that oh, that point is six to get clarity from National Treasury to say if the president say we are uh, we are going to invest in infrastructure and now on the, we understand that this uh, budget uh, seeks to address COVID related issues. But having said that, if the president say we are going to invest in infrastructure to stimulate growth and now we see a lot of infrastructure budget being cut even though we are responding for COVID, is it that a contradictory? Is that not a contradictory statement? Correct. So that's what we seek clarity from National Treasury. We we don't say specifically uh, what's their plan uh, going forward, but we are saying if you cut infrastructure budget in relation to what the president is always saying about infrastructure, what are we what are we saying? We want those kind of clarities, basically. Even though we understand that money has to come somewhere. To respond to this COVID-19, but we need, I, I think that point six clarity from National Treasury. If the president says this and this happens, what's the position? Thanks, Chair. That's what we seek clarity on in that point. Honorable Sheikh. Chairperson. Okay, okay. No, honorable, honorable Sheikh is on the on, okay. on the. Uh, Thank you very much, Chair. And yeah, I must agree with my colleague, you know, uh, it's actually uh, contradicting each other. But very importantly, Chair, and I don't know whether you have dealt with this, uh, you know, in my absence or so. A lot of these contracts, infrastructure that's going to be delayed, maintenance of contracts and things. And we know there's been a weakness in the entire system when it came to variation orders and escalation. Have we ever considered the escalation with these contracts that might have already been awarded, because it should have been awarded almost a year before you're going to actually implement. Now, I'm worried whether we've taken that into consideration, is National Treasury taking that into consideration that there might be a major problem with all these contracts that may have to now be delayed and things with escalation, and what impact is that going to have on us? Thank you, I'll just stop there, Chair. Thank you. Honorable Lenzana. Uh, thank, thank, thanks, Chairperson. To some extent, uh, Honorable Sheikh Iman partly covers me. It's just a question of approach. Because one would say, Chair, 
we, we, it's not that we, we are naive of the fact that we are focusing on COVID-19. But now what we are saying there, we are saying, whilst focusing on COVID-19, look at economic recovery through infrastructure development. Uh, I, I wanted to take my question. So, so then, that is why we are saying we cannot continue promoting these delays in terms of infrastructure development. Yes, correct, that we know that there isn't going to be money coming from somewhere. But within, why not within the same budget, look into infrastructure development so that at the same time you address this question of economic recovery. I think this is what we're saying, Chair. Honorable Nkwankwa. Honorable Nkwankwa. Thank you, Chair. No, no, no. Honorable Mblenzana in particular covered me because it centered my point, centered around the concern around the delays when it comes to infrastructure development. Because remember, uh, the priority or issue that we should be focusing on is what I think we also mentioned last week as a committee to say, how do we reignite economic growth? How do we create some activity in the economy? But you can't do that without any a plan, properly planned and funded infrastructure development program, especially when you're talking about the poor economies, the rural ones and so on. But I think, Chair, I don't know, perhaps uh, I'm okay with National Treasury. I think Sheikh Imam, also Honorable Imam, brother, also covered my point because then it was about escalations. But I think uh, I'm okay with Treasury uh, correcting, say, making technical changes to our report when it comes to figures. For example, where we might have made a mistake or say the correct terminology or tagging of a specific grant. But I'm not okay with Treasury coming to our recommendations to change grammar and capital letters. and That's not their business, right? Because tomorrow then they are going to tell us how we should write our recommendations, including our observations. We shouldn't allow them to go in there at all, unless they are changing a specific figure or the tagging of a particular issue. Thank you, sir. Chairperson. Um, Chairperson, thank you, Honorable Joseph. Uh, Chairperson, oh, thank you. Oh, sorry, uh, there was another member before me, Chairperson. No, speak, Honorable Joseph. Oh, thank you, Chairperson. I think the um, when it comes to the end under the recommendation, I think we should we should be guided by the by the introduction of the report. The report deals with the amendment. Um, of the division of revenue, which is a specific reason why there is an amendment or an adjustment um, to where we are now dealing with COVID-19. And I do understand the, the president's view on, on infrastructure because initially we, um, and even taking the money away because there is obviously going to be a, a delay or underspending due to COVID-19 because the, if, even if the money was allocated, it is clear that that money will not be spent in the in the current financial year. So it's understanding that money is shifted uh, to deal with the crisis of COVID-19. So um, all I'm saying is that whatever terminology and phrases we use, we should be guided by the introduction of that we are dealing with a crisis and therefore there's an adjustment to, to the uh, division of revenue. Uh, thank you, Chair. Okay, honorable members, um, honorable Kaiso. Yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, Honourable Chair. Yeah, uh, I also want to agree with my colleague, the 
You know, when it comes to infrastructure and, and, and growth of the economy, uh, we, we should send a very clear message to the public out there. Uh, I think the Treasury should be in a position because we, we can't go zigzagging around that message to the public because that's, I, I want to believe that's what exactly what the public wants to hear around that. So the Treasury must assist us uh, to clarify that so that we, we, are, we are sure what we are now referring to when it comes to that. So that because the way it's uh, being captured, it doesn't comfort one uh, quite well uh, when it comes to what confidence are we, are we sending to, to our people uh, and what the president has said. I think there has to be a clarity from the Treasury. Thank you very much. Any other honorable members? Oh, okay. Ah. Oh, okay. Any other honorable member? Um, yes, it's me then, Chairperson. Okay. Okay. Chairperson, uh, honorable members will, will, will appreciate, I, I hope, all of you, the challenge that we, 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 we do have with infrastructure in the country. Particularly when you look at the funds which are, 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 are reprioritized or taken away from infrastructure, they relate to maintenance. And uh, we have got a history with maintenance. We are experiencing load shedding from ISCOM today because we, are, we were told that uh, scheduled maintenance were not done properly. So if we then now continue to adopt an approach that seeks to delay maintenance of key infrastructure, you might find that now the problem that we are experiencing with ISCOM and then it gets to other sectors of the economy because we are delaying the maintenance of key government infrastructure. So we don't want to traverse that road. That's why, honorable members, you will, you, you, if you look at 8.2 in our recommendations, we recommend that the Minister of Finance should, 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 should allow National Treasury to present an infrastructure recovery plan to say as, as much as we are dealing with COVID-19, we don't want to traverse the ISCOM road again in other government infrastructure. Because when you delay the maintenance, you might have cost escalation. What, what? And then we'll end up not affording these things. That's why we are pleading with National Treasury on the infrastructure budget to say, look, we understand there is no money. But us not having money does not necessarily mean that we don't have to maintain the infrastructure that we have. We've got an ISCOM history where we we are back at load shedding now because of poor maintenance of government infrastructure. That's all we are saying, Chairperson. Okay, members, uh, I, I, I just let you uh, vent out. Um, I didn't want to, to start the discussion. That is that this, this is about the report. This is what we have done and so on. So now I think what we then need to do, uh, the things that there that, are that two parts uh, the observation part, I think the observation, just trying to sum you up, you are saying you, 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 you are observing that there have been cuts in, in, in infrastructure and its maintenance, right, and the implications thereof, that's one. But then the, we should recommend. So I think we are, we are then, there is a, recomm a recommendation that it's, uh, FISO is referring to, right, and uh, <clears throat> then saying that that would have to be to be presented to the to, to, to the committee 
because that's basically that's what we are, we are doing now um, with all these presentations and so on. That's what we are observing that there have been reductions with uh, uh, negative consequences for sense to infrastructure, right? And and two, then we want to recommend based on that. What are we then saying? And then what I hear us saying is that uh, uh, a national treasury should come uh, and with whoever is responsible for infrastructure. I think sometimes we we we, we always say. I think in, in national treasury, but I think let's also add the rider with whoever is responsible for for infrastructure, so that they can come and give us a fuller picture uh, of what is happening for sense to maintenance. So there are two elements to this: is the observation, which is the observation that uh, we see that there are reductions in infrastructure and infrastructure maintain, maintenance, and then we are making a concrete proposal, and the proposal is the one that we still want to interact with them. But I think you also want to to uh, <clears throat> to add that when it comes to MTPPS. Would also like to see that there have been a response to what the honourable members are raising as far as infrastructure and infrastructure maintenance is concerned. Am I summing you uh, uh, correctly? Am I summing you up correctly? Honourable Sheikh? Can uh, Honourable uh, uh, Peters? Good morning. Yeah, Good morning, Chairperson, and apologies. I realised into the other meeting that I'm at the wrong venue. So I, I quickly came back. This is the problem of being in many committees. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. And, and like I said in the beginning, my apologies. But Chairperson, I think when we are dealing with the recommendations, we should, um, like you said, probably in response to Fiso's uh, uh, input, let us look at, oh, let me go back to one, what Honorable Guangwa said. I fully agree with you. Treasury should not redraft the report for us. They must correct. They they are part of the story, which is the figures and uh, the, 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 the money that they have allocated. But when it comes to recommendations, it is our responsibility. I would fully support the, the call that Treasury brings as a comprehensive report. So I think with regard to recommendations, let's stick to that. Let's not debate on whether... We want a, a new uh, forward-looking or backward-looking, whatever. Comprehensive means backward and forward and intermediate. So Treasury must bring us that report. But we must also be cognizant of the fact that Treasury did brief us with regard to the areas of infrastructure where money was taken away. We raised that concern as, as committee members. And they gave indication that the money that has been taken away, it's money that was not spent. And I think it is important that we look at those departments in particular where money was taken primarily because of lack of spending. Basic education with the challenges that they are faced with. Human settlement and in particular water and sanitation with the challenges that we have with regard to water. I would support FISO with regard to being conscious of how ESCOM ended up where we are, especially in view with the water situation. So we need, as this committee, to actually be proactive and track those particular departments. And, and I don't know whether we can add it into this report, but in our engagements in this week and next week with these departments, we need to literally use the, 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 the inputs of Treasury with regard to their decision to be able to look into those areas. But also let's remember, the president made commitments about uh, infrastructure. Which departments are responsible for infrastructure development in this country? We need to be able to look at whether the money in those departments 
actually responds to the call of the president on focus on infrastructure. Chairperson, you remember our concerns with the money that was taken from Eastern Cape with regards to your uh, 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 public transport infrastructure grant. That in itself tells you that PE, uh, uh, Buffalo City and others are not going to get their virus very soon, primarily because the money has not been spent. And it tells you that municipalities and provinces, as well as departments, don't plan. And that's why in the Western Cape, there would be a decision that money must revert to uh, uh, surrendered to Treasury because they are not going to be able to spend it. It is this type of things that will actually work against the pronouncements of the president with regards to infrastructure development. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, before I let I let you go, Honorable Peters, uh, just formulate a, a, a recommendation there on what you have said, because um, <clears throat> I, I hear, for instance, so that we have, I, I, I would then say that in our recommendations, because that's what we will, that left the departments which have not been able to uh, to spend their infrastructure uh, 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 must appear before uh, the committee. Is that the attitude? Can we do that? So that's, 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 a, that's a, a concrete one that we are, we are, we are making because we are, we are correct on our members. Sometimes we end up running with, with treasury, but uh, people are not spending money somewhere. Um, <clears throat> Honorable Sheikh. Uh, thank you very much for that. Yes, I think I have an, an equal problem when we're talking about infrastructure and the same thing with urban settlement development grants. Yeah? It's exactly the same problem that we got now. Many of these uh, the metros particularly are not spending that. And if you look at the condition of how people are living, particularly in the metros, if you take last year, year last financially, the amount of money that was underspent in this particular sector by the uh, Western Cape government. Now, that's a serious problem because, again, that hampers economic deliver development. It hampers service delivery. It hampers the quality of life that you want to improve of the people here. And that is why we have the socioeconomic challenges that we have on the ground. So I think we need to give equal attention to this underspending because underspending and taking away money because you're underspending is not the solution to the problem you need to ensure that they spend that money appropriately and deliver those services so I, I, all i'm requesting say is that we give equal attention to this uh, urban development settlement grant as well as much as we give to infrastructure because both of them have the capacity to create more jobs and improve the quality of life and lastly say i think i don't know whether i'm out of order with this particular one uh, <laughs> i've never heard and maybe i'm wrong whether there's been any savings in terms of the nutrition program in the school when schools have not been open for such a long period of time. I haven't seen any figures, and I may be wrong. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, honorable, <laughs> <laughs> honorable, honorable uh, Sheikh. Um, That's a I, nice one. <laughs> honorable Sheikh, uh, I do two things. What is the observ observation that you want us to add here? That's number one. And number two, I wanted to say, what are we recommending? Help, help, help us, help us, because we are now drafting the, the last report. Obviously, there is definitely an observation that you are making, and based on that, there is a, a proposal or recommendation that you are making. Yeah, can I come in, then, Chair? Please. Yes, indeed, uh, Chair. I think that you know, like thing with infrastructure, which is very important <laughs> to, to boost the economy, and <laughs> equally, we are saying. That uh, because some of the metros of the municipalities and governments are not spending the money of the, the, the urban settlement development, I think that what we should be saying is indeed we should not be taking from there, but rather 
enhancing the capacity and making sure that these people spend appropriately because can you imagine with a high unemployment rate and what would COVID-19 impact? What is going to happen now if you're going to take away that and these people are not going to spend money in those sectors which is going to affect the people's quality of life? So indeed, I'm saying no, it's counterproductive to take away from particular areas where there is the opportunity to create or have economic development. And urban settlement development grant is one sector, I believe, that indeed we should not be also... Uh, 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 considering like uh, uh, infrastructure development, because the president, when he talks about infrastructure, it's exactly the same thing when it comes to this uh, urban development grant, particularly for, for the metros because of people moving in. More people are now going to move into those metros because they're going to get desperate at the moment. So my, my suggestion is or recommendation is this, that we need a, a real look lens of that because we need to rather strengthen the capacity rather than taking away from this. Thank you, um, uh, Darren. I... I, I <clears throat> I hope you, you, you heard exactly what Honorable uh, Sheikh uh, uh, Imam is saying. He's basically saying that uh, we are also recommending that uh, rather than uh, moving funds uh, <clears throat> which are not performing from a sense of urban settlement grant, you, you rather increase or, uh, or <clears throat> make sure that capacity is developed to spend uh, and, uh, that, and those, those funds because at the end of the day, people who end up uh, suffering uh, are the people who are supposed to be recipients of that grant. So we say basically to try and uh, uh, <clears throat> make um, uh, the system more efficient in ensuring that that grant is being spent for what it was initially meant for. Honorable Kaiso, am I right, Honorable uh, Sheikh? Can you leave with that? Yes. Thank you. For that, Thank you. But right. uh, off the record, Chair, I'd like you to tell me how much we saved on that nutrition program for those months, Chair. Thanks. Yeah, uh, again, on, on, on the, perhaps on the observations, is that nothing was said about the savings that uh, we, we got from uh, uh, nutrition? Yes, indeed. Thank you. Terrible. Kaiso? No, I'm, I'm covered uh, with your salary. <coughs> okay. Asetli san. Oh, Asetli Okay, thank you. Honorable Sifiso? Yes, 100%. I just want to 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 to, to plead with honourable members. I, I hear what they're saying, and I know you talk about these things. You become too emotional. Be brief and exactly what yeah, I'll be brief. I'll be brief, mm -hmm. <laughs> Because honourable members, you will remember that just recently we've made uh, some of these recommendations. Probably, unless uh, you 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 advise us otherwise. Otherwise, uh, I believe that some of the recommendations on infrastructure we've already made them in them in the division of revenue, the original one, like on the education infrastructure. There are reports, it's, it's over 60 days now, that uh, uh, that report uh, indicated that we need a report with the different ministries on infrastructure 60 days after the adoption of that report. Probably I will suggest that with some of these recommendations, we, we might have to begin to follow what we recommended in the original division of revenue around infrastructure as well. Because we've made a lot... Uh, if, 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 if you notice correctly, the grants which have been cut now in response to COVID are the grants which have been cut in the original division of revenue. And uh, uh, these are the same grants where we've made recommendations on, on the original division of revenue. Thank you, Chairperson. I'm just reminding them. Okay. I, uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would request uh, uh, the 
the support staff to follow up on those things and bring them before the uh, before the committee to say we need to follow up on this we in this uh, <clears throat> you remember next next visit next week or friday that i said we must also look at what we have done and i think those things must come up from 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 that report i create so can you leave with that yes sir okay thank you any any other member would like to say something yeah chairperson um, dennis yeah i just want clarity on um in the same paragraphs 82 and and 83 um i just want clarity on uh, the last sentence of that two uh, paragraphs uh, on why particular we're saying that this report should be submitted to to the committee before tabling of the 2020 medium um i see it's the last sentence of 82 and the last sentence of 8.3 i i just want I just want clarity on why it specifically stated so in the report. Um, uh, because in my opinion, we, we would always accept the report long before the before October, if, if October, November is the medium term, next medium term budget policy statement. Just want clarity on that. Thank you. Karen? Yes. Yes. Uh, we, we, the reason why we said just before the MTPPS is just that we, 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 we thought probably it will be sufficient time for National Treasury to do a thorough work on this and come back to the committee and report. So rather than say 60 days and then they end up doing like just for compliance, we felt that uh, uh, before the MTPPS, which is October, we are in July already, it will be sufficient time for them to do a, a legitimate uh, exercise and report to the committee. Otherwise, if we give them a, 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 a just 60 days, they might comply for the sake of compliance, but you find that the work that has been done is not up there. So we felt that it's sufficient time. Okay, thank you. Honorable... Uh, uh, yes, yes yeah. please. No, no, I, I note even uh, 8.6 also says that same point uh, in, the, in, the, in that second last sentence. My uh, my question is, uh, could we not take it all together and make it to, and and make it just one recommendation to all the to all the um, infrastructure all development uh, reports or all the all recommendations that we are making? Should we not just make it one recommendation reflecting on the whole of the report that we want Tracy to respond to within the 60 days? Uh, I don't have a problem with the fact that it's repeated, but I'm just asking whether we should we should. We should make that report stronger by one recommendation for the whole of everything what that, that needs to be done. Thank you. No, no. Um, Robert, I think um, it's, it's, it's better if, I think for me, it's more about emphasizing each and every one of them. I don't think there's, there's any harm on, 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 on that. Uh, I'll plead that. Let's, let's, let's leave with it. Okay, Chair. Thank you. Who's that? On top of what you are raising, I think separating this as put here would also assist us. Like Webona, I would say in the that before before we engage, we would then say, What about this particular one? That we said it should be addressed. So that we should always knock sense. Uh, and not be generic. Thanks, Chair.
Thanks, Honorable Mlenzana. Honorable Sheikma. Uh, I'm just, uh, if you can just double check whether the numbering is correct, it looks like to me the numbering is incorrect. Um, let's see. Because when I look at it, it looks like 8, then you go to 7.1, 7.2, exactly what the 6. If you can just check if the numbering is correct. Um, okay, guys, can you, can you, can you check the numbering? Um, let's, just make, let's just make sure that the num numbering is, is proper. Chairperson, the numbering looks fine on my side, but we'll we'll double check before we ATC chair. We'll double check everything. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, and I you see where it says seven committee findings and observations. Then it yes. goes down to say six point one, six point two, six point three, six point four. Going down there. Then it says eight recommendations. Then it goes seven point one, seven point two. Chairperson, it's fine on my side, so I don't know where that is coming from. On, on it's also fine on my side. Honorable Sheikh. Chair, I think Honorable Sheikh Imam has been sabotaged somehow. <laughs> Probably sitting with the wrong report. And 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 I suspect I suspect UDM on that on that one, uh, Honorable Sheikh. <laughs> no, no, we're innocent. <laughs> no, that's fine. Let's let's just double check that the the numbering is, is, is proper. Okay. And and I'll also request uh, that um, um, the final, the final uh, um, uh, report, the one that we are going to, to adopt, is also important. That just send it again back to us for our own records. Just for our own records, not for anything else. Agreed, Chair. I will also underline all the changes, Chair. Right, right. So that the members know exactly. Okay. Um, um, Darren? There's the, some, some some changes that I proposed that are the red in here. Chairperson, no, uh, uh, I didn't get a chance to to include those, but I can I can read them, please, for the purposes of of the meeting, chair. Yes. Um, chair, you are you are asking that we just check our our SS and our and, and etc. And then on Salga, you are saying that. Um, I'm not sure how exactly we should put it, but it should not just be regular meetings between Treasury and Salga, but uh, we are looking for a workshop of some sort where they identify issues, which they, uh, all these issues that they usually bring to us. Um, I think you mean Salga, all those issues that Salga bring to us and then report to us before the
to BPS and tell us what they agreed upon. Your third point is um, we should also include that the committee is concerned about the reports that there are private companies who are claiming UIF on behalf of workers but do not pass it on. I don't know whether that is whether that belongs to this report or to the adjustments appropriation report that we will be doing later. And then further on, Chair, you're saying committee considers that as defrauding both the state and workers, NT should report what has been done about those people who are defrauding the UIF. Again, I'm not sure if it's relevant for this report or for the adjustments appropriation. And then your last point is we urge all spheres of government to ensure that intended best beneficiaries receive what is due to them and corruption be punished irrespective of who is involved. Those are your four points, Chair. Committee uh, should just decide where exactly we should put them. Thank you. Chairperson? Um, yes, uh, Robert Jordan. Uh, thank you. I just want to ask um, Darren on page three. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, no, it's not, not about, uh, I think, hear me out, please. Uh, no, no. Uh, it's, about, it's about spacing spacing the work. It's a different point. Okay, okay. Uh -huh. no, no, I just... Uh -huh. Sure. No, no, I just wanted to say, please just hold on. Just hold on okay. to that and, and allow the things that he has raised so I don't want them to be lost uh, uh, in, in, in the process. Just just hold yeah. on, I'll cut that sure, Okay, okay yeah. thank you. Um, I, 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 well, let, let, let me hear one, just to, to, to strengthen this one. <clears throat> uh, year in, year out, Salka comes to us and they come and, and, and complain about what's supposed to be dealt with, for instance, what should be coming to them and so on and so forth, and some issues that they don't agree with, and then they bring those things to us. But what is very clear is that from listening to them, that they never give themselves time not during the budgetary process, not as part of budget council, where they sit down, especially with the Minister of Finance, that's what I'm, I'm proposing, that can they please sit down, the Minister of Finance and the Minister of, of, of Cogda and Salga, and thresh out all these issues, right? And then they come and tell us, obviously there are things that they may not agree on, but we want just to get an indication that they do talk about these things rather than uh, <clears throat> coming to us and they expect us to deal with the things that they should have uh, uh, dealt with uh, with the executive. So the, a, a proposal, a proposal is is, is that we are proposing a meeting between Salka, <coughs> excuse me, Salka, Cogta, and the Minister of Finance to look at the, at, at, at the issues that have been raised, and then they they they, they appraise the uh, the, uh, the committee. So that's what I'm proposing. Can can we agree with that? Yes, Chair. Um. I support it. Yes, okay. agreed, So, yeah, that's 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 one. Um, Darren, and an, 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 um, an, another one is, is is the question of dealing with corruption on levels of government. So they must deal with corruption. I think we we, we agree with that. Agreed. Yes, agreed. I don't have I don't have uh, words uh, in my mind right now but I would suggest that perhaps two or three words be added 
We have been talking corruption. Mm-hmm. If in a word or two, we could be giving some guidance based on what you said before, that you are not just uh, appropriating money and not following it and not monitoring it. Uh, but I don't have something right now. But if it can be thought through. Yeah. Who, who, who wants to, to, to help us just to add on what Oram uh, Lenzana is saying? Okay. That's, that's, but that, there was something like, um, I'm just thinking aloud, that um, uh, where we, we also call upon the, the portfolio committees to also follow up on some of, of these things because they affect certain uh, 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 departments and those departments have portfolio committees. I, I don't know how we, we, we add, but I would like to add something uh, to that effect. Uh, for instance, in, even if you look at the, 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 these grants that are not being used, they belong to certain portfolios, portfolio, uh, portfolio committees. So I think if we're just something that to call upon them to, to make sure that these things, when we appropriate money, the money is being used uh, uh, for what is intended to. Um, I mean, it, what the man was in, uh, 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 intended. So. Can we live with that? Yes, Chairperson, it will be fine with Chair. Um, and that's Chair. it. Yes, yes, remember. Sorry, my, uh, I'm I'm struggling with my camera, uh, Chair. Okay. Chair, okay. Um, um, I I hear you on 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 strengthening it on committees and so forth. Right. As well, I think what I propose, what we can do after we have put down the recommendation, all of the flagged committees that we have found sort of some point of corruption in, we send a letter to the portfolio chairpersons as well for sake, for our backup as well, that those committees are in fact looking into uh, uh, this flag cases, not just as a recommendation, because now we're going to put it as a recommendation and we'll say these committees will actually go back and reflect on our report. So I'm just proposing that from our committee as well, we send a, a, a letter, you can, between the chairs, um, address a letter to them to sort of strengthen and issues to be into their portfolio. Because I understand we won't be able to do everything in all committees but the ones that we do flag i think um we can do it uh, send them letters and so forth to look into so that the committee itself handles some of the cases thank you chair agreed agreed honorable honorable sheikh thank you chair Chair, we're on the same issue of, of, of corruption and things. I don't know if we could also recommend that Treasury put in measures at the moment while we're busy with this procurement bill and things, but to put in some stringent conditions or mechanisms in terms of procuring, Chair. I, I, I was in the police committee the other day, Chair, and they gave us a breakdown, all three structures of the police. One company was charging them 1,950 rand for a five-liter sanitizer, on the same breakdown, lower down, another company was charging you 493 rand for the same five liter. So I'm thinking, can we not ask why the procurement bill is being dealt with at least to try and, 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 and 
trying to deal with the issue of corruption, and that is where we're losing a lot of money. It's estimated, Chair, we're losing 40% on goods and services in this country as a result of tender fraud, not value for money. So I don't know if Treasury can put in some, in the interim, some stringent measures of some price control to be able to see that, you know, that they are paying prices that are market-related and things, so that's why. Agreed. I think let's 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 have that. Let's have that. Honourable Joseph, can I I allow you at a point? Sorry for holding you up. Thank you, Chairperson. My my request was to uh, to Darren on page three. Just if we can, um, the second uh, paragraph where the bullet point starts. Um, if we can just shift it one line up. Uh, so that we can get the final totals, uh, the table channel one, the, the final line that is on page four, so that we get it onto page three as well. That it adds these were the figures, the other on the at the end of page three. So that's much easier for reading. Thank you, Chair. That's that's fine, Chair. We'll we'll sort all those things out before we we send it for ATC. All the line spacing and all of that. Thank you, honourable members. Um, um, I I think we've yes, Darren. Uh, so so are we are we adding that last point from Mr. Sake in the recommendations? The Treasury puts trends and conditions. Yeah. Yes. We uh, when dealing with the okay, with the mm -hmm. public procurement bill. All right. But you 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 can just note up there where, where we, are, we are noting that it has come to our attention that um, on these things we are being charged exorbitant prices da, 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 around that and obviously in the recommendation there should be a recommendation based on that. Okay. Honourable members, is there any honourable member who is... Chairperson. Yes, Robert Peters. Thank you very much, Chairperson. On the same issue of the exorbitant uh, charges that the companies are charging government entities with regard to whatever has been procured, whilst we are waiting on the procurement bill, I think it is also important, Chairperson, that as the committee after this meeting, the chairperson the, the, the must release a statement because there's an issue of the quality of the products, like the quality of sanitizers, the cost of the, the masks, as well as the cost of the sanitizers and everything else that uh, companies are cashing in. We need to also emphasize the need for government to blacklist those companies that are uh, uh, ripping off uh, entities of the state like this, because if we don't do that, this thing is going to exacerbate and exacerbate. I'm sure you would have seen the issue of the state funerals, about 73 million, I mean, 76 million for three funerals. That in itself tells you. And the company says, we gave them the service they wanted. So, I mean, it's like I, whether we charge them 100 million or not, but if you want a service, we'll give it to you, whether that service is that amount. But I think, Chairperson, a statement from this committee that we cannot forever appropriate monies that are being wasted. Yeah, that's that's fine. That talks. Yeah, supported, supported. Yeah, 
I think let's talk to the statement, but uh, Honorable Peters, I think let's let's have that as a recommendation. The term, the, the question of, in fact, I think it even it talks to defrauding of the state. I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you because there's also a technicality. Somebody is not doing his or her work somewhere. If I come if I come to you and say I'm 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 selling the pot of water for hundred rands, and and you decide on the other side with your eyes wide open that you are we are we are buying this bottle of water with uh, with hundred rands, but if there's somebody who's selling the very same bottle of water uh, uh, with uh, for ten rands, so who's who's guilty there? Because there's there's definitely if if you, you decide I'm giving you I give you the price and you, you still continue and procure. I'll tell you that in mostly in those instances, you find that there's some form of collusion between the buyer, the seller, and the buyer, right? But the person who has got the responsibility to reject my offer is a, is a, is a government of, of official. So I don't know, uh, 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 Honorable Peters, how do you want to... They don't care. Hmm? Yes, so, yeah, I yeah. think I think in the statement, you should also raise those particular issues that we are conscious of the fact that our supply chain managers or mm. the people who procure are actually sleeping on duty for a lack of a better word and are in, co in cahoots or in collusion with the suppliers who are ripping off government. So both sides, the one who procures and the one who, who sells, they are equally wrong. Okay, yes, that's uh, yes uh, <clears throat> but let's also have that again in 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 the in the report, right? As an observation that that what happens, and you end up not getting getting value for money, and and the recommendations yes. that Honorable Peters is talking about, Honorable uh, 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 Shekimam. Chair, uh, uh, you know, uh, when I questioned the department at uh, SAPS uh, on this issue. They came up with something else, the CFO chair. He also said that their hands were tied because of national regulations. And he admitted that some of the service providers are taking us for a ride. So I think we're going to need to at some point check what are these regulations that are limiting these CFOs and things, giving them difficulty in the different departments that they have to procure from certain people. And, and, and that's what they highlighted in, in the last meeting that we had on Friday. Yeah. Thank, thanks. Thanks, Yes, yes. Uh, Honorable Matafa. Honorable Matafa, please come in. No, thank you, Chair. No, no, um, given what Comrade Peters is raising and uh, what Honorable Imam is saying, no, I, I tend to disagree with that argument that uh, legislation prohibits uh, CFOs to actually right. intervene in such instances. I, I, I know, I think it's in the MFMA, it also allows the accounting officer to look for uh, value for money in terms of procurement of goods and services. Amongst these efforts that they can take, it includes directly, uh, directly negotiating with uh, service providers. So there is no way that uh, legislation prohibits them. Actually, it yeah. empowers them. Maybe what we need to do is just to find that piece of legislation where it speaks to that. And, and, and the second part is that by law, Every uh, municipality has a point in case. Uh, it's required to have a supply chain policy, which is reviewed annually. And in that policy, you can include a clause that speaks to that, that where a price is uh, above uh, market-related price, the accounting officer is empowered to negotiate directly with the particular 
providers to ensure that value for money is derived and no one is actually ripping the system off. So with that, Chair, I, I agree fully with what Peter's, Comrade Peters is raising. Maybe it's important that that piece of legislation is lifted and then maybe we look at, into it and share it with Darren to see whether how can he factor it into our recommendations as far as the report is concerned. Thank you, Chair. Uh, just before Robert just comes in, the legislation um, which regulates procurement is triple PSA. If a price is so important as it stands now, it's 90-10. So this thing of somebody who's charging an arm and a leg and saying that there's something which is prohibiting him or her from, I, I don't think, in fact, let's not even go there. And two, I must still see somebody who's going to be punished um, that he decided to save the money of the state and 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 procured within the, within the rules and so on at a lower price instead of a of a higher price. I I don't I don't have all the facts, but I I think that was just an excuse. Triple PFA, triple PFA, triple PFA talks about 1910 and 1820 as it, as it stands now. So price it's 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 so it's so critical. So I think let's let's stick with that's the, the statement. I, I I don't think she was or he was a, a, a hundred percent correct. Uh, Honourable Joseph. Uh, Chairperson, I think you summed it up earlier on when you and the other members when we used the word uh, value for money. I think that is that is what it is about. Uh, when people submit tenders and prices, they they probably can come in their own right with any price they think on their own um, expenses and profit margins and, and so on. As you said, it is up to the officials to know the market and to make sure that the state is not ripped off with um, prices that people come with that is not value for money. So I think, um, as Member Matafa said, we have to just phrase it so that we don't, in a sense, contradict ourselves against the regulations or the, the rules that National Treasury must use in order to make sure that they, that they take responsibility and guide all spheres of government to ensure value for money is taxpayers' money, is people's money, residents' money that is being used all on three spheres. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you so much, honourable members. Uh, 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 Darren and the team, I think you 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 captured the uh, the issues raised by uh, honourable members, and they're going to be included in the report. Am I right? Yes, chairperson. Yeah. Honourable members. Yes, honourable members, with those uh, uh, amendments and additions uh, to the uh, Division of Revenue Amendment Bill 2020, uh, can we adopt the report? Yes, Chair. Chairperson, Chairperson, sorry. Before yes. you before you adopt, um, there's still that question about the. Um, the UIF storage, uh, your issue, do we do we include it here or do we leave it for adjustments appropriation bill? Okay, please uh, let's let's leave it for for um, for appropriate adjustment appropriations. All right, without yeah. Then can we then uh, can I then move for the uh, adoption of the report with the amendments which have been suggested by the honourable members? Yes, chair. I move for the adoption of the reports with the amendments. I Thank move you. to be seconded, Chair, for the amendments. Thank you. 
probably any counter. Thank, thank you so, thank you so Honorable much. Honorable Chair. Yes, yes, Honorable. Can I be uh, noted? Yes, yes, Honorable. Can it be, please be noted in the report that I have abstained from the voting process? Thank you. Okay, can you, can you, can you note that, uh, Secretary? Uh, with 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 that voting and abstaining, um, should I take it that the report is is, is being adopted? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> thank you very much, uh, honourable members. Um, I know you're working under very very uh, <coughs> tight schedule to make sure that uh, this uh, uh, Division of Revenue Amendment Bill, or at least report as it stands now, uh, is being uh, looked at. And I've got no doubt that uh, with the limited time that we had, but there was so much uh, engagement uh, with the bill itself, but again with the people who appeared before uh, the, 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 the committee. And uh, again, as I said at the beginning, I would like to thank the support staff uh, for the role that, that they played uh, throughout the process. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the report has been adopted. Right, then we go to agenda item number five, the overview of the 2020 appropriation bill. Who's leading us on this? It will be me on my side, Musaza Mesa. Musaza Misa, please lead us. Uh, you don't have all you don't have all the time. Honorable members are, are debating tomorrow, so they also want to go and, and then. Okay, okay, Chairperson. I don't know if Darren can help me with the running the presentation, the slides on his side, but I'll be very brief, Chair, because this the, the, the issues that are contained in this presentation are similar to the issues that have been presented by National Treasury and all other stakeholders when we dip, when we dealt with the Division of Revenue Amendment Bill because there's a very close relation between the Adjustment Appropriation Bill and the Division of Revenue, Revenue Amendment Bill. So I'll be very short, Chairperson. I will think I will go from the first slide up until the fourth slide and then to the last slide. Um, if uh, we can go to the next slide, Darren. Yes, just the outline of the presentation, Chair, will just focus on the overview of the criteria that we use to select the departments. And then after that, we'll just have an overview of the main message. That is our take as the researchers on just, the... Yeah, just uh, just just before you, 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 you proceed, Musa, um, do you mind... Do you mind starting with the, the purpose of the of the presentation to the honorable members, and then you go to your things. Chairperson. So you are muted. You are muted, Musa. Yes, sorry, chair. The purpose of the presentation, chairperson, was to look at the all the major adjustments in the 2020 adjustments appropriation bill and identify those that we think are very critical, you know, within departments. And then on the basis of that, we select the departments that the committee should focus on. 
As you know, there are 41 budget votes in the appropriations bill. So we had to select the most critical ones, you know, and then within those, then the committee will, uh, the men had to identify which ones need to come and appear and brief the committee and those that the committee will need to write to so that they are count, you know. So that was the main purpose and that's exactly what we did in this uh, in this presentation. And then as we go along, we'll see which departments we identified, but in total we identified initially 15 departments or budget votes after, out of the 41. And then after rigorous conversations and deliberations at Menco, we ended up adding another one, which I'll identify later. So we now have 16 uh, budget votes that we identified. So in terms of the outline, it will be the criteria that we used to identify the departments. And then the main message that we are sending through, you know, the overview of the entire appropriation bill or the supplementary budget. What do we think is most important? Which areas that we think the committee must focus on? You know, we caution on those areas. And then the other slide, the other section, which is the third section, will be the list of the selected departments. Just a list there. I think this is where I'll focus on because I will. Not go into detail in terms of which you know the figures and everything dealt with. So as I go along the list, I will highlight the main issues within the department, and then the most important uh, slide, the final analysis. That will be the slide that will give members the basis to engage and reflect. You know, going forward, especially some of the issues around the economic recovery. Maybe if you can go to the next slide, uh, Darren. Darren, next slide. Yeah. Yes. So the main criteria chair that we looked at first, we looked at the size of the proposed adjustments within departments, whether it's the budget that will be added in the budget to respond to COVID-19 or the budget that's been cut within a department in order to finance other COVID-19 related spending pressures. But also beyond just the size of the budget, we also looked at the critical nature of the proposed uh, adjustments, you know, like money taken from infrastructure projects, from social services. As you know, we have constitutional obligations, you know. So we looked at those critical areas. So the main issues, these are suspensions, reductions, reprioritization, whichever name you want to use. Others, they say it's a repurposing of the budget but there are cuts in certain critical projects taken to respond to COVID-19 spending pressure. So that's the focus. So the first one is the critical and high impact service delivery areas. We need to look at that. And then the critical social service delivery imperatives that is linked to the obligation of the state to realize constitutional rights to health, housing, water, and food and so on and so forth. So we look at that. And then the issue of infrastructure and the high impact job creation and economic growth areas. I think that's going to be the big debate going forward. And then issues relating to rural development. This committee we always, I think members always say we must have bias 
to rural communities, the budget must have bias to those areas because it's about redistribution and issues of socio-economic transformation. So departments that have got high impact area spending programs, we look what has been done. If there are cuts, then we raise the caution to the members. Next slide, uh, Tarrant, please. I don't know what's going on here. It's not moving. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So Thanks, Darren. Okay. Yes. So the main message here, when we looked at this budget, uh, I, I wouldn't lie to members. This is a very difficult budget. You know, I think it's the most difficult budget I've ever seen since I joined this committee in 2011. You know, the 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 proposed adjustments they reflect the overwhelming effects of COVID-19 on spending on, on public resources. There's so much pressure, you know. So there are significant trade-offs and some reductions, even though some reductions target historical pitting of underspending, but the trade-offs, they run very deep and they affect almost all departments. You know, if I may say, almost no department is spent, is spent from these cuts. You, whether you call them reductions, repurposing, but the money is taken from critical areas. Yes, to respond to something that has has never been expected that it will happen, but it's a very, very, you know, in the past, because fiscal consolidation or spending cuts did not start, you know, with COVID-19, I think fiscal consolidation in a form of uh, cost containment measures it started in 2014, you know, with the efforts to try and, you know, close the, the the budget deficit and stabilize debt. You know, since then, National Treasury has been, you know, sending instructions for departments to cut. Especially, I think the most prominent one is the cuts on a, a filling of vacant positions. That one has been, and departments have been limping, you know, some of the departments have been coming to the committee and, co and complain that we cannot do this and that because there are instructions that we must cut budget, you know, especially in compensation of employees. So it's a big problem. And we say there is no doubt that it will affect the realization of the very noble NDP objectives, which the three ones, because they boil down to three things addressing the issues of poverty, unemployment, and inequality. I think there's a mistake there. I repeated poverty instead of inequality. Those are the main three objectives of the NDP. And I think all along we've been saying, if the budget keeps on going to this direction and the spending by departments is, keeps on you know, being poor, the main goal, which is the NDP, will be affected. There is no doubt about that. So th these cuts, one or the other, they will affect the realization of these noble goals of the NDP. And this will also delay the rollout of key flagship projects like your NHI. I think in the, in, in the speech, the minister did say that the NHI will be delayed because there are cuts at, in, in the Department of Health and they affect the NHI. And the issue of land reform is something that I will talk to you in detail. That I think it's something that will concern the department transformation, electrification of rural households, eradication of bucket toilets, eradication of mud schools, you know, all the key flagship projects. So some of the gains that we have realized over the years, 
could somehow be also reversed to, reversed to a certain extent. And uh, we argue that if these cuts, because I think there's nothing that the committee can do now, you know, because there's not enough time to even change this budget. And uh, no one expected COVID-19 and there must be a response to COVID-19. But the main issue is how do we manage and mitigate these trade-offs that have been, you know, sort of imposed by COVID-19? Because if they are not well managed or mitigated, especially within departments, if departments do not revise their business plans, the, you know, their implementation plans accordingly, then th this will have a devastating effect on the capacity of the state to deliver its mandate, which includes the efficient delivery of basic services with the buyers to poor household because it's the poor households who definitely depend on the services of government because end of the day, they don't have much resources, they don't have alternatives, you know. Some, you know, maybe including us, when there's no water, I can go to pick and pay and buy water, but for people on the ground, it's a different story altogether. So these have to be managed and it is in this uh, context. And then the second one, it will also affect the capacity of the state to safeguard the progressive realization of constitutional obligations. You know, with housing, those cuts on the urban settlement development grant, human settlements development grant, that's a right to housing. It's in the constitution. In water, prog programs and grants for water provision, infrastructure are cut. So that will affect in the long run. So they have to be well mitigated. And then the biggest one, it will affect the capacity of government to revive the economy. Because I think the big debate, and I'm happy that the committee is in the forefront of this, because if you do not grow the economy, the likelihood you're going to be cutting, cutting and cutting, as we have seen now, we are cutting to the bone. And the only solution, as members always say, the message that has to be taken to Treasury by Parliament is that we, the, the only solution out of this is to revive the economy. You know, with the shocks, the fiscal shocks that we've seen now, the main priority is to ensure that there's fast recovery in the economy. Otherwise, if the cake is small and you keep on cutting the cake, you'll end up having nothing, you know. As I said, you will not be in the position to even honor the Constitution, you know, to do the basic things that need to be done. So the issue that I think was highlighted when we dealt with the report about if we cut on infrastructure, if we cut back, so it's the whole debate of pro-cyclical or counter-cyclical fiscal and monetary policy. That debate needs to come to the fore because if we don't grow the economy, I mean, I think we can always you can almost predict what will happen. And I think it's not something that anyone uh, wishes to see happening. Maybe next slide. That's the main message, Chair. And then next slide, Darren. And uh, now the list of departments, overall now there are 16. And I will just highlight the main issues within departments. And then I'll go to the last slide. The first one is social development. This is the budget that received, uh, I think, the biggest the department that received the biggest budget, mainly to provide social relief, to cushion the poor, 
you know. So, but there's a bigger debate again that Parliament needs to be in the forefront. Uh, I think I heard the Minister of uh, Business, Small Business Development, the possibility of introducing the uh, basic income grant. When we invite the department, they also need to, you know, take us through those discussions because they seem to have started putting systems in place. The debate, do we have enough budget? If not, are we going to go and borrow in order to ensure the implementation of the basic income grant, how much we need to, to borrow? But even within the adjustments that have taken place, mostly the injections to support. And then there have been many glitches within the department. And the, the, I think the committee needs to send a strong message that when we introduce these uh, measures to cushion the poor, it's very important that they are efficient. Because when you give people hope and then you don't deliver, you know, some sort of social trust is broken. So we need to make sure that all those issues are, are, take, are taken care of. But one of the cards that we are worried about in this department, the figures are in the reports and they've been uh, articulated by other stakeholders, is the one on the budget for early childhood development. This is the biggest worry, because I think this is the sector that will be affected now. Because as I speak, my son returned to school chair today, grade one, because in the Western Cape, they said they will continue to teach grade one, even though the regulations at national said grade one is not supposed to go back, you know, they will come back at a lesser stage. But my son is back to school. But I'm not going to be taking him back to, to, to aftercare. So that sector needs a lot of injection because I think it had hit, you know, and the early childhood development chair is a flagship project of government because if you lose it there, whatever happens afterwards is difficult for children to catch up. So it's the basis, it's the basis for, for, for quality education, whether you think of secondary school, primary school, higher education and training, if you lose it at early childhood development, then things are very tough. That's why you are worried about that cut. And the other one is cooperative governance. I think the Honorable Whip was very emphatic about the inclusion of this department in, the, in those that will invite, because it is at the center of whatever is happening around the responding to COVID-19 issues. But there are important, also important cuts that, critical cuts that have been made. One that I can cite is the cut on the MIG, Municipal Infrastructure Grant. Again, Chair, the issue that we always raise, the MIG has been underspending, I think, since time in memorial, you know. So there's a dilemma, you know. It's a cut, but even if the money is allocated, it's not spent. There's an opportunity cost of not spending. Also, if you cut, there's an opportunity cost of not providing the services. Also, not maintaining infrastructure. And then, as we so articulated earlier, it comes back to haunt us as we see now. Because with load shedding, how do we even speak of economic growth and recovery when you have load shedding? You know, because investors within and outside of the country, they need a security of energy. You know, you lose a lot of money, especially small businesses. So those things are very critical. And uh, Another one that is very critical under cooperative governance, reduction on uh, community works projects. You know, the money will be taken to 
COVID-19 to, you know, participate, to pay participants who will be disinfecting schools and universities and so on. But the, the question that I have in my mind, what about the beneficiaries of the Community Works Project? They are expecting, they've got contracts and all that. Will they be roped in in the other project for sanitizing schools and so on and so forth? And the, the most sensitive uh, point, Chair, around these projects, they are meant to empower communities to cushion them against poverty because obviously it's not to alleviate but to cushion because it's not enough money. But what I realized, you know, the money goes to those who get tenders. What goes down to the people who actually do the job, it's almost nothing, Chairperson. It's a very sad story. You know, maybe to put this into perspective, I realized the like, first experience. My sister was, he, she worked in a saloon, so COVID-19 happened. Obviously, the sector was closed. And then she was lucky to be called by uh, another guy who got a tender to sanitize university uh, DUT in Devon. But I was excited for her, but I told her, you must not raise your hopes because I know these guys who get tenders. They take money, blah, 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 and then you get nothing. And then when she got there, she was told, she, signed, she had to sign a contract told that she will get 22 rand per hour and she will only work for four hours per week. And then overall, per, per, uh, yeah, it was going to be 400 per week. Per month is less than 2,000. And then she had to leave the, you know, this opportunity. But the thing is, government it does make money available for this project. But along the way, you know, these guys take a lot of money. I don't know how government will intervene in that because end of the day, people look up to government, you know. But the people who get these tenders, I think, in my view, they also let government down because end of the day, it's about the communities. But when you ask the communities what comes to them really, what trickles down to, the, to them, it's basically crumbs and it doesn't really help with cushioning them against poverty. And then the other one is health. I think this one is well, been well talked about, you know, a lot of money given to health, but again, there are many cuts. The biggest concern here is the, is the NHI and the, the contradiction. If the issue that we have, and I think scientists have said it already, we must expect this to be the new normal. You know, these viruses will keep on attacking us. Now, it means our health system for the foreseeable future must be very strong. You know, we must be ready for whatever. But if we now delay the implementation of the NHI, it means we're going to have a hard time going forward, you know. So, the NHI, even the, the hospital revitalization grant is the basis for the implementation of the NHI. So those cuts there, you know, and then there are cuts around issues of HIV, TB, and so on and so forth. And then in National Treasury, um, it, it, it's the grants that are supposed to, to support municipalities. There are strong cuts there. So now municipalities will not be supported. So that, that's a big problem. And then I think there's about seven billion that has been allocated just to fund or, you know, the the, the interest on, on borrowing. And that's a lot of money. And that's an issue that when we speak of the debates, the chairperson always say we must think these things that we must think about the debt, you know. 
the cost of borrowing is too high and it's going to be very too high. But again, if you don't invest, you're not going to even have the money to repay, you know, in the long run, you're not going to even recover. So those are the debates that need to take place. And then basic education, again, yeah, infrastructure grants, whether you speak of basic, uh, uh, whether you speak of the ACT, Accelerated School Infrastructure Program, the eradication of mud schools, especially in the Eastern Cape, we know that's where the problem is in rural areas. And the erection of basic services, you know, the pit latrine toilets, and so on and so, on and so forth, you know. So issues of infrastructure and education, the, cuts, the, 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 the grants are cut there, and we know the history. And the, the eradication of mud schools, I think when I joined the committee in 2011, that's when this issue started. I think it came in 2012. It was supposed to be done, and then it's been, you know, there's been a lot of underspending also in this grant. You know, even the education infrastructure grant has been cut, and then that limits the capacity of provinces really to provide infrastructure. And then in the context of COVID-19, children are going back to school, but there's no infrastructure and the money has been cut. That's going to be a big problem. And then higher education and training, yeah, Tivet colleges, Jefferson, a lot has been said about the capacity and efficiencies at Tivet colleges. Those grants have been cut, money reprieved to COVID-19, going to be a big problem. Tivet are going to have a big problem. And then even subsidies to universities, especially historically disadvantaged universities, those projects will be delayed, a big problem. And then within NESFAS, NSFAS, there have been reprioritization within money taken. We don't know exactly. That's where my worry is. We don't know in which aspect of NSFAS money is taken. But it's now going to fund the procurement of computers, the issues of data, and then issues of uh, disinfecting uh, university halls and stuff like that. But we don't know in which aspect, but the issue of money being taken to historically disadvantaged universities already underfunded. So it's going to be a big problem. And then it's the construction, it's infrastructure. So it's all in the issue of infrastructure runs across almost all departments. And then agriculture, rural development, and land reform. This one is the issue. You know, the issue of land reform, it will be delayed. If you look at the cards there, the Office of the Valuer General, that's the office that looks at the fair and consi consistent assessment of the price of land, you know, so that the state does not pay exorbitant money. A budget has been taken from this office, a budget from the land tenure program, land restitution, land redistribution, even programs like Ilima Letema, you know, so small and emerging farmers. Budget that supports food security in rural areas has been cut. So this one is very key, agriculture, rural development and land reform. This one is very important. And then defense, yeah, it's a lot of injection to make sure that money for the deployment of uh, the reserve force is there and then also to find other other things. But also there've been cuts in this department, uh, cuts for the training of soldiers, cuts for fuel for, you know, uh, uh, for, for soldiers like your planes and, and so on and so forth. And then cuts for the budget that was meant for AMSCO, 
But the problem that I have, Chair, in 2017, I think Darren will remember very well, we had an oversight visit because we need to follow up on this issue. We had an oversight visit with the, focusing on the Department of uh, Defense and military veterans. We went to the, the Free State Province. And then the state of affairs was very disheartening, Chairperson. The conditions at which uh, our soldiers live in, the accommodation, and even the military hospitals, it, it, it was just bad. And I think in the media, at some point, we heard about ammunition being stolen from one of the military bases. And those are the issues that they were complaining about because it puts the security of the state in danger, you know, because people can just, you know, even fencing is not being done. And then they were complaining about treasure. They will say, the issue is budget cuts, you know, and Treasury was there, say they had to, you know, it's part of fiscal consolidation. So that's another area that's, yeah, because we need to follow up because we made a lot of promises. You know, some of the soldiers there, they came short of saying it was better before than now because of the conditions that they live in, you know, because they live as families there. So that's one area. And then human settlements, that's the right to housing. And uh, we know social protest and so on and so forth, they mainly revolve around this one. Because you can't have basic sanitation, electrification, if you don't have shelter. That's a basic human right. And then there have been many cuts, but again, a point that needs to be emphasized. Urban Settlements Development Grant, Human Settlements Development Grant, those grants have been understanding for some time. The question that Chairperson always asks, is it the problem of money in South Africa or the problem of not spending that what you have? And why are departments not spending what they have? I think because it's one thing to say, no, don't cut to say there's no money. You know, when I looked at the, sometimes when you look at the budget, you realize that actually South Africa, if things were done right, you know, money spent where it's supposed to be spent, we could easily become a developed country because, I mean, we could have universities, schools, you know, hospitals and everything. Because we speak of billions here, billions there, billions there, but it's the quality of spending of that money, you know. So I think... This is the dilemma. And uh, in the final analysis, I think one of the things that maybe the committee needs to, to really ponder on what are the powers that the committee really has? Because year in, year out, we observe underspending, poor spending, no value for money, lack of consequence management. We write recommendations, they are sent to the House, there are resolutions, but we don't see a change. And if you look at the trend, you can almost expect this is what will be happening going forward. And you begin to ask yourself, what are the parameters? What are the constraints? What can Parliament do? Because at some point now we must, you know, have groundbreaking debates around these issues because we become sort of a broken record. You can even say it's a merry-go-round, but end of the day, there's nothing merry about this because it's people's lives at stake. It's people's livelihoods. And then transport, this is a very high capital and human resource intensive sector. 
So that's why you should see growth, you should see employment, you should see skills transfer and so on and so forth. But again, there's been underspending and there are cuts. And the maintenance of roads, I think Spiso said it very well, if you do not maintain roads, it's going to cost you in the long run. You know, I think the issue of Sandral, you know, money also has been taken from Sandral, from Prasa, I think over a billion, from one billion from Prasa and also from Sandral. Oh, there are glitches here. So that's a big problem in transport. And then small business development, we selected this department chair for one reason, there's no way. We always say SMMEs are the cornerstone of this economy because most of jobs and economic activities happen in small businesses. And a lot of reprioritization within this department are taken from money that was meant for the biggest worry, township economy, the revival of township economy, also to re to also protect small businesses in one way or the other, and also sustain jobs. But we don't we don't know the integrities. I think the department will have to come and tell us if you take from these activities and secure what will be the implications because it's reprioritization mainly within the department. And we've had debates, Chairperson. We had we had we've observed in in a news report. Uh, small businesses complaining that actually we're not getting support. It seems as if this money is going to big companies. Some businesses, even if they receive money, the money does not go to the beneficiaries, like the issues of UIFs. You know, there's now a debate. The government said we provided the UIF funding to this business, but this business will say no, we did not. So the people who are supposed to receive UIFs don't get the money. You know. Some were fired, even though some of the business got some compensation from government, you know. So end of the day, but recovery should come from one of these departments, small business development. So we can't speak of economic recovery, economic growth, the job protection and creation without inviting this department. And then the, in mineral resources and energy, the one, one critical area INEP, Integrated National Electrification Program. Grant that one is a big problem. But again, <laughs> it's been underspending. You don't know why, you know. And uh, this also an area before the issue of electrification of rural households, it's job opportunities. But the saddest thing, these households have been waiting for electricity since 1994. And now, if you don't have electricity in the era of COVID-19, it's a big problem because children are learning through uh, tablets. You know, if you don't have electricity, you have no basis to use tablets to be part of the, you know, new what what do they call this new form of economy? Mm, I forgot the term, but in this new economy, without electricity, you can't have access to internet and so on and so forth. They've been waiting. It's sad to see communities, you know, going to collect woods just to, to make fire so that they can cook. You know, it's winter, you can imagine, Chairperson. 
But I, I, I still wish to know why this budget is not spent. I, I really still wish to know. And then the other one is police money for the deployment of police and so on and so forth. And there have been some cuts in this department. And we feel that the justice, justice system, especially COVID-19, I think I've heard the ministers in different clusters say COVID-19, there's a correlation between COVID-19 and issues of gender-based violence. And uh, we need more police and uh, we need no, more police facilities. So the cuts also affect, you know, your facilities in the criminal justice system, and that's a big problem. Uh, I'm about to complete this one, Chair, is justice and constitutional development. Well, we know, Chair, this, this department, there is a backlog, hence why even the issue of consequence management. If you don't have capacity in this department, you will have you know, people defrauding the state officials and not being prosecuted because there's no capacity in the justice and constitutional development department or vote. You know, there's a significant budget taken from legal aid South Africa that is access, basic, basic access to justice for the poor, you know. And it's just that I'm not really involved in this one, but um, when I listen, I hear that there's not enough money in legal aid, you know, so further cuts there, you can imagine. And then the other one, the modernization of courts. Courts are still using outdated systems, hence why there are backlogs and delays and so on and so forth. So money has been taken away from that. Of course, real prioritized to respond to COVID-19. And the other one, the construction of courts. But the most important one, the special investigating unit, that's the one when the president announced it, I think two, three years ago, it was going to ensure that there is consequence management because there's a backlog. The SIU is sitting with these cases, but this, this unit was supposed to focus really to these cases of officials and, you know, take money or spend money in manner that is not supposed to and waste, you know, to prosecute them so that the state recovers the money. So if money is taken away from this unit, again, there's a big problem. And then statistics South Africa, it's also one of the areas that most stakeholders who presented before the committee did not talk about. The worry for us is that Chair, this, this department, Statistics South Africa, plays a critical role in the planning and budgeting in the country. Because for, for you to, to plan and budget, you, you need to base that on credible data. And uh, this department has been complaining, I think, as far back as, what, 2018? after these budget cuts as part of cost containment measures. I think I read one of the reports, they were sitting with about 600 vacant positions, critical positions for field researchers, you know, and there was a very strong letter from one of the professors, I think he was writing on behalf of the Council for Statistics South Africa, you know, 
talking about the cards and the effect that it has on the integrity and credibility of the data that they provide, which is the basis for government planning and budgeting, you know. So I don't know, for some reason, this issue escaped this committee. We said we need to highlight this one because we think we are the relevant committee over and above a national treasury and sort of more a portfolio committee over this department. But we appropriate. So when they complain about uh, the effect of cards, you know, we must really raise eyebrows and invite them, whether in writing or otherwise, you know. As we speak, two critical surveys, like relating to income, poverty, and, and inequality, they will be delayed because budget has been taken away from them. Uh, well, in the explanatory memorandum of the supplementary budget uh, review, Treasury says, no, the cards, the, 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 the surveys will be delayed because uh, of COVID-19, you know, so they can't do face-to-face -face interview. In actual fact, we know this issue was on the table even before COVID-19. There was even a threat to sort of uh, delay centers, you know, I think they found a way somehow because this issue was elevated even to the presidency by the, the Council for Statistics South Africa. Some of them, they even threatened to withdraw from the council because they have to endorse, you know, the validity of the, the results of the, of the service and centers and so on and so forth. So we thought we need to highlight this one so that these issues don't you know, appear in the media, you know, and the committee sort of react. Let's focus on them in the budget if they surface and the committee is in the forefront, if there are measures to really find a solution, a solution is found. And the last one, which was added after rigorous uh, discussions, and I think the person who really sponsored this one at Menco and supported by members of Menco, it's FISO, Water and Sanitation, and we agree with him, a very critical department. And the you know, in this department, even the issue of uh, eradication of it does not appear now, but we had an oversight visit also to free state because bucket toilets are concentrated in the free state. We found a lot of things. That's when I realized that if we do things right, I mean, we are basically a developed country, but, you know, the way things are done, it really boggles the mind sometimes. We don't know where is that the issue. In COVID-19, if you are still using a bucket toilet, I mean, you know, you can imagine, even if you can wear a mask, you can imagine. And then there are many cards here on key grants uh, for water, whether it's the regional bulk infrastructure grant, uh, water services grant, and, and various other indirect grants. So those departments, we selected them on those bases, and then those that will appear in the committee as that has been circulated to members, those were part of this uh, list that we selected. And uh, one of the mechanisms that this committee, because, you know, the capacity of this committee and the issues that this committee, the scope of the work of this committee, you know, there's a mismatch, you know, so we end up trying to, you know, prioritize those that, that you can, others who write letters to them. I think that's what will happen with other departments. Maybe, Darren, if we can go to the last slide of the presentation. I will not go to, because what is in the document is a reflection of what I've spoken about. The last, last slide, which is the final analysis. I think this will give members something really to, 
but it's something that members are already thinking about as we speak. Thanks, Darren. Then, in the final analysis, yes, we agree. Uh, COVID-19, we never, never in our wildest dreams expected this to happen. Unfortunately, it happened, but we need to move on. We need to adapt. We need to innovate, and we need to be do better as, 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 as departments, because if things go the way they are going now, Chair, to a, a, a great extent, I agree with the Minister of Finance. We are headed to trouble waters. You know, we see now the cuts, no one is paid. And, uh, you know, at some point, you know, I even say, no, no one, they say when I read the literature, no one thought the Titanic can fall, can sink, because it was so mighty and big, you know. But we all know what it happened. What happened? It sank. And the sad part is when it sank, very few people were saved. And it's not the third class citizens, it's not the second class citizens, it was the first class citizens, people with money. And that's the fear I have about the state of affairs because if public resources are under threat in this manner, and the constituency reserve, I think it's almost, you know, empty. Hence why we got one billion US dollars from the uh, development bank, what the BRICS bank, and uh, we are expecting, we never even thought it would be, you know, I think it happened before, but it's something, it was a no, no, no to go to the IMF, but suddenly now it is, you know, it's going to be a norm. Everyone is going there now, World Bank and IMF, with all the challenges that comes with that, you know. So if things go bad, it's sad because there are very few who will be able to run away, you know, to other countries, greener pastures and so on and so forth. Maybe they've got money, friends and families. Most of us, we are just here and we have no other home, you know. We'll go down with this country if it goes down, you know. So that is why it's very important that every measure is taken to mitigate the impact, but most importantly, to grow the economy. That's the only solution. Like I said, the proposed trade-offs are severe, deep and wide-ranging, and the delays, you know, could have serious ramifications, you know. But the big question, I think it's already on the members' minds, on the tip of the tongues of many analysts out there. How will government going to achieve economic recovery, economic growth and job creation? Because that's the main issue, you know, because it's not about the allocation only of resources. It's how those resources are used you know, to infrastructure projects across. I think I agree with the observation. Um, it's, members know this. I think even Tumsan of the PPO raised this issue. This has been a long time since government introduced the issue of infrastructure spending as a measure to reignite the economy. But the spending, we even introduced various measures like the budget infrastructure, but B, is it BMA, BFI? Budget infrastructure facility, yeah, PIF, and the Presidential Infrastructure Coordinating Committee, you know. So 
are all these structures that are being put in place, I think even with SOE now, we have the SOC Council. I think some six, five years ago, there was a, a commission or whatever structure that was supposed to evaluate the issue of SOEs and come up with findings and recommendations. The report came out, had very specific findings and recommendations. You must match SOEs, you must scrap. But for some reason, it gathered dusty for a long time till today. You know, we are still debating the issue of we need to match, we need to scrap, and so on and so forth. But end of the day, we have to take action because without action and proper action, there will be no change. You can't repeat the same thing over and over again and expect the same result. I think I will end the chairperson and allow so maybe to add. And Oliolo is not around, so I had to cover her as well. Thank you so much. Um, thank you, Musa. Sifiso, uh, very, very, very briefly, um, just um, that's that's honorable members. I, I, I said at the beginning uh, of uh, Musa's presentation that uh, he must say what the purpose of the presentation is, and and basically is is more of trying to lay the ground as we proceed with uh, with the, the with the appropriation appropriations bill um and <clears throat> so that's that's and we're going still we're still going to uh, engage with with, with 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 some of these departments and uh, uh, <clears throat> see but the has given us an, an, a helicopter view of of um <clears throat> what is happening in each and every one of of of, of them um, before before Sfiso come, comes in, um, the the labour honourable um, Tlamin has, has just rushed to another meet, another meeting. She requested that labour and, and employment department uh, we should also get information about it because there's been cut, but a lot of of, of uh, uh, companies are also taking advantage of that and uh, 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 <clears throat> retrenching uh, uh, workers without following any due process. Just, just note that Sviso, take, take a bite. No, Chairperson, thank you. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm covered, Chairperson. I think we have spoken much about these issues, so I'm, I'm, I'm covered, Chairperson. Okay, I, I, I would prefer not to say anything. Thank you. Kwatil. <laughs> it's not personal. <laughs> but okay. we've spoken much on these issues. Honorable okay. <laughs> members, without opening a debate on, 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 on this, as I said, it was more about giving you a, a, a glimpse of what is happening in the, in the departments and what we'll, we'll be faced with when we deal with the appropriations bill. But I think I'll, I'll open to honorable members who would like to say something. Can I have hands? I see uh, honorable Joseph, honorable Sheikh. Honorable Kaiso, uh, you can you can shout at me aloud if you if you don't see a hand there. Yes, Chairperson, I don't have. Oh, the best thing is Honorable Mlenza and Bamna Mulisanda. Else, um, 
Honorable members, I have, I have Honorable Joseph, Honorable Sheikh, Honorable Kais, Honorable Lenzan, Honorable Peters. Matafa. Yes, chair. Yes, chair. Honorable Matafa. Are we done? Okay. Honorable members, just two, two minutes as I'm saying that we, um, what's happening here, we've just been giving up a bite of what we are going to be dealing with uh, when we deal with the appropriation bill. Um, so, Honorable Joseph, go, we have got two minutes. Thank you, um, Chairperson and members. I think, um, thank you very much for the hard work behind the scenes of our administrative staff, uh, researchers, content advisors, all the other professional people. Thank you very much for informing and build the capacity of this committee. Um, I think many people have said COVID-19 has, um, has brought a situation where government is found wanting, um, exposed on our own plans and service delivery. Um, particularly basic services and urbanization. And that is the thing going forward that we need to focus on, how we're going to manage urbanization and the basic services that goes with it. Uh, and secondly, rural development and socioeconomic issues raised. Uh, it's not new also urbanization. Since the days of the mines and the gold that was found, people rushed from local areas to the cities and the towns, and that is how urbanization starts. So even today with job opportunities, more in the cities, metros, that's where people go. Uh, but we need, if we can sustain the development at local level, uh, rural level, then some percentage of people will stay in that communities and build the economy there. So it's about economic growth and job creation in closing, which, uh, which I think was summarized well. Uh, question is, what are we as a committee going to do to support, initiate other departments who must do this work um, to support them and encourage them to do what they must do, particularly infrastructure development and building an economy, creating jobs and opportunities. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank, thank you so much, Honorable Joseph. Um, Honorable uh, Sheikh. Thank you. Thank you very much. And let me thank the committee for that uh, briefing. And I, indeed, I think it did... Give us a lot of insight into what we should, what we can expect, and what we should actually be doing. But chair, my, my concern is is that, particularly in our committee, I think over a period of time, and I think I agree with my colleague that just spoke, we've identified a whole lot of challenges. I think we, better than anybody else, know exactly many of the problems and challenges we're facing in many of these departments. My understanding is our hands are tied as well. And this is coming from the previous parliament as well. It seems like that. I don't know how much of power we have, whether it's limited or what the situation is, and I think we need to get it. And I'll give you a good example. We, we've discussed extensively earlier on in chain where we know the problems are coming, particularly with the tenders and, and how these things are being exploited with value for money. We know these things. I think the question I want to ask is, how can we as a committee play a more pivotal role in addressing this at all levels, getting to the root problem, whichever the departments are, and following it up from A to Z in being able to sort it. I'll give you another good example. You take social development. There's a whole lot of cry about gender-based violence. And we are dealing with gender-based violence after the fact. And what we should be dealing with, how do we prevent this gender-based violence? And I'll give you a good example. There's hundreds of millions of rands. Social development alone it's not going into brilliant. Give to NGOs and NPOs in South Africa 
Can you tell me if they can be seen or heard in terms of assisting to deal with the challenges of gender-based violence? No. Everybody seems to be coming after somebody has committed a murder or a rape, getting charged. So I think we need to start looking at how we can go and deal with the root problem. Same thing with rural development and land. We've got beautiful land in many of the areas. And I'm going to give you a good example, Seth. We've got prisons, we've got hospitals, we've got schools. All these people are being provided. One item I'll give you, bread. We've got beautiful land to grow the wheat, which is now being owned by big conglomerates in South Africa. They buy the whole crop off before it's even grown. Why are we not able to go there to these areas, create that environment, agricultural reform, make sure that we find people that are unemployed, kill them, supply our own hospitals and clinics and schools and everybody, at the same time, take those out from prison, give them the necessary skills. So there's a whole lot I think we can do. The question I want to ask is, how can we as this committee, and maybe we need clarity on what we can do, drive this process, it looks like it's going to have to come from us since we are responsible for appropriating budget, drive the entire process, including when it comes to the job creation, dealing with gender based many, many issues that we are aware of. We know it, we know what the solutions are, but nobody is doing anything about it. It looks like we're going to have to drive it, and that's what the clarity I'd like to have. Thank you, Honorable Kaiso. Uh, please, please, please unmute, Honorable Kaiso. Yes, yes, unmute, Chair. Uh, Chair, there's a, let me thank the presentation uh, that has been made, and it gives us a very clear uh, picture of what is uh, expected of us going ahead uh, with the adjustment appropriation bill. <clears throat> but I just want to make just a few observations here that uh, the, the, I think there's more that, uh, that we should uh, ask ourselves uh, on, on a number of uh, items here which have been raised by the presentation. Uh, because I was uh, drawn to the issue of NSFAS, NHI, SMMEs, and Sandral uh, cards. <clears throat> Secondly, it was uh, saying to us, we also have to ask ourselves about the four or, or critical issues uh, moving forward with the with this uh, adjustment appropriation bill, the issue of the district development model, which the president has uh, made emphasis on, the issue of gender-based uh, violence, infrastructure development. I think there's other one that I'm missing. <clears throat> But I, I didn't hear, okay, if including the monitoring and evaluation, I don't know where mm -hmm. uh, this item features in, in this presentation. I didn't get it, and district development model. I'm just saying, highlighting that it, these issues are, are very central to the issues that have been emphatically uh, mentioned by the president. And I don't see anyone talking about gender-based uh, violence budget, uh, the district development model. Yeah. 
infrastructure development. If we if we can move away from those things, I don't see us, you know, uh, seeing any future, you know, uh, improvement because these all all of these items talk to exactly what the president has raised earlier. Uh, uh, because uh, local government is is, is very is a, is a state of the state of local government and the district development uh, model they are very 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 key in, in, in actually advancing services to our people but uh, I'm just I just wanted to make these observations uh, uh, you, you, you ask yourself if we are going to face a situation where we are, we are to you know, uh, have NHI being cut during the the, the the assertion that COVID is going to be with us for a quite a long period. So what is what does that mean? There's, there's a lot of contradiction that maybe as we go by discussions of this uh, uh, adjustment appropriation bill in future, we have to uh, get Treasury to, 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 to get its... Uh, issues uh, quite uh, uh, straightly put forward to us. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Mlenzana. Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, let me start here by appreciating this work that has been done out of uh, 40 votes, uh, your management uh, committee has managed to come up with 16. Uh, this is good work done, Chairperson. Now, Chairperson, what runs in my mind is that uh, you will guide me, you will guide me, Chairperson, here. We are going for the medium-term budget statement, Chairperson. And uh, we are now almost done with this. We're debating tomorrow. I want a situation, Chaperson, where we do not play a talk show arrangement here, where we talk, implement, and see outcomes. I have in mind here, as I said, you will guide me. I have a three a three-legged uh, approach system. Uh, you would know the tripod, Emakai. Where one, we could say, as Umosa suggested, that there will surely be those uh, departments that we'll have to call, sit with them. And then two, if Abomosa could develop a questionnaire for those departments that we wouldn't be able to come sit with them as a committee. But the questionnaire should begin to extract all that we would have loved to get if the particular department was with us in this kind of an arrangement as the committee. And then the third one, Chair, would be, we have been talking impact assessment. I'm smuggling this one, Chair. Uh, you will bear with me. We haven't been talking of oversight. Now, what comes into my mind was 
What if then we pick on a particular province? Just two provinces, Chair. We go to a province and they give us, say, a metro. We go to another province, they give us a rural district uh, municipality, wherein we will pull in all the 16 departments to be with us in that particular arrangement so that we can actually see the, 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 the impact that uh, the undercutting, the reprioritization and whatever terminology that Umuza was coming up with has in terms of the actual impact when we are on the ground. That, that is one part, Chair. Uh, the second one would be uh, looking looking at at uh, the prioritization, I've said it's 16. Uh, how then do we do we do we pick on those who seem to be performing well? Because look, chairperson, we we shouldn't be seen as as fault finders. We should be able through Abomosa to get a particular department which is on track. And uh, we call it also to showcase so that we are able to say as appropriations, social development, why not mirror this particular department because it is performing well. Let, let me stop there, Chairperson. I don't want to take your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Honorable um, Lenz and Honorable Peters. Thank, thank you very much, Chairperson. I think um, different from what comrades have said and done, I, 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 I should actually say I also support those who applaud the work of the management team and um, the management committee and uh, the presentation as done by uh, Musa Zamisa. And I would want to say this presentation truly, Chairperson, give a well thought out a planning process, and I need to congratulate you people for that. And I would want to recommend that other than piling up more departments, because we are then not going to have enough time, let us take this 16. I, I heard what you said about Honorable Nkangwini raising the issue with labor. I think maybe labor we should not uh, necessarily consider in the adjustment uh, uh, or, or the supplementary budget process, but rather outside this process, call them to look at the issues that are being raised. Also about the general challenges that they are facing with the intervention with uh, the COVID uh, unemployment funds. So I would believe, and we would call them and SASA at that particular time to look at that package of interventions. So the 16, in fact, if, had it gone according to me, it would have been less so that there is maximum uh, 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 participation by members in engaging. And I'm sure you would have realized, Chairperson, from the inputs by members from Honorable Joseph's, uh, Honorable uh, Imam, as well as Mlenzan, there's an indication on the edge to want to participate and engage these particular departments. So I would recommend that we accept this uh, proposal and also uh, appreciate the fact, Chairperson, that we've been given the rationale for why these particular departments. And I would recommend that uh, the preparations towards 
the, the, the engagements with each department, we should be able to get a synoptic view of the issues that Zamisa has been raising with regard to why each department, because I really appreciated the, that input. I would just want to say to Honorable Kaiso, uh, Honorable Kaiso, the one thing that we need to do, if you look at the police, you look at defense, you look at uh, social development, you look at health, you look at basic education, at justice, that or uh, uh, GBV issues across cutting. The, the COCTA needs to come and tell us about the district de uh, 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 development model. And, and I'm, 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 I'm happy that COCTA would have been identified primarily because of the issues that we picked up when we engaged with Salga. So I, I think, Chairperson, I am very excited and very happy on the preparations that have been done for this particular uh, process of engaging with these departments. And I am just appealing that we give them ample time so that we can then be able to dig deep into the issues. You would have realized that some of these departments are the very departments where there are uh, uh, reprioritization cuts or whatever, primarily because of underspending. And, and 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 a lack of planning and all those other other issues. Uh, on a side issue, as part of the planning chairperson, I would recommend that Metro's uh, a Department of Public Works and Department of Labor, let us put them uh, aside for the post uh, uh, appropriations, supplementary appropriations process. Thank you, chairperson. Thank you so much, Oral Peters, Oral Matafa. Thank you very much, Chair. Now, let me also join the members who are acknowledging the good work that was done in the research and also agree with um, Honorable Peters that the recommendations as made must be agreed to. Now, thank you very much to team research and the management team. The work uh, really speaks for itself. But Chair, uh, having said that, um, I, th th this one I think is a point that speaks to us as, as, as the legislature and as well as um, members of parliament. When, when one listens to uh, Mr. Zamisa speak, uh, indicating when he started joining the committee until today, it, it, it's actually a cry for help. Since 2011, okay. I've been exposed to these horror stories. The committee, about and, and committees come in and go, but nothing seems to be resolved. What what okay. Okay. And, and I think... 10%, 10%, we can hear your, your discussion. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Please come in. <laughs> Thanks, Comrade Peter. To advocate Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. so I think I think what um, Musa is saying is that you might make these uh, recommendations, you might come with these resolutions. They are adopted in the house. Nothing happens. What then? So, so my question would be: Does Parliament have a resolution tracking system, which will then indicate if whether a resolution has been exhausted after it has been endorsed? There's, there's the first part. Now, the second part will be on the monitoring and evaluation. 
I think it's also a department that I would suggest that we also uh, invite again to the committee to say you are monitoring, you are evaluating. What then? When you have your findings, what happens to those findings and observations? And, and maybe this will shed light in terms of who monitors the monitoring and evaluation, because they can monitor, evaluate, package their observations, package their findings, report to parliament, and then nothing happens. Because I, I also be, belong chair to various discussion groups. And then in three different groups, everybody's asking, but why are these issues of ESCOM only being raised now? Who, who, who is this Sfizobutel uh, is the chairperson who's being cited in media reports about issues that could have been resolved in the fourth parliament already? The fifth parliament did not see them. Now they're only being raised now. It speaks to what Musa is raising. That since 2011, I've been with you, there are certain instances that some of the issues are recurring on end and nothing seems to be happening. I think we need to pay focus there in terms of the monitoring evaluation and look at its impact as a, as a department and, and then how then do we ensure that uh, what other uh, beefing up can be done in order to, to assist. The second one, Chair, is on the issue of um, the COVID-19. Uh, I would differ slightly with Honorable Josephs uh, when he says that COVID-19 has indicated uh, the lack of uh, governance skills from the ruling party. But I would say that COVID-19, like uh, Musa was saying, no one could have dreamt it happening. It has happened. However, it presented opportunities that I think personally could be carried going forward. Just one example, National Treasury created a list of prizes for PPE to say that if you're going to procure an apron, a mask, or sanitizer, these are, these are the prizes that government should pay. And in that list, which I've seen, by the way, it also indicates who and which department is allowed to procure those particular items. Now, for me, there is a new way of doing things. Why can't we, as the committee, advocate for this approach to be adopted everywhere else in, the, in all other departments? Because my thinking is that even if we speak of infrastructure development, there are market prices for rates in terms of how much an engineer can be paid per hour, how much a land surveyor can be paid per hour. So if these prices are documented, I think it will assist in eradicating the issue of suppliers taking advantage of government due to pricing for a particular project. But the pricing will be, so to speak, standard, which then will be uh, common knowledge to all the functionaries in, in government, when then they will know at what price can they start negotiating with the service provider or rejecting the, the price for, for, that, for that fact. The, the last one, Chair, is on the issue of the underspending as well as uh, the irregular expenditure, wasteful expenditure incurred by departments. We, we always speak figures. In most cases, we don't speak personnel. My view is that for these things to happen, there should be people behind the processes. Now, and I think this is a question that will be difficult for us to respond to, but maybe Cogta and the Department of Labor should assist us in responding to this in terms of performance management in government. 
I'm sitting and thinking, I, I used to be in the financial sector for, for about 12 years. There any cent that was spent outside of uh, processes had to be accounted for. And the continuation of that leads to performance management, eventually leading to a person exiting the system. In the public sector, do we have such performance management? Then we say that you are employed at this level, these are your expectations, these are the expectations. And if you underperform, then you are supported. If you are unable to repent after being supported, then you are exited in the system. I've never had a situation where a person in the private sector lost their job because of underperformance or having been reprimanded. And for me, it's worrying, Chair, that I would sit as a functionary in, in government, spend money irregularly, spend money wastefully, where I'm supposed to spend accordingly, I underspend. And then tomorrow I'm still on the same job. Next year I'm still on the same job. When we go and discuss salary increases, I also qualify for that salary increase. No, 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 no way that I'm being reprimanded that I have seen happen. And I, I'm just concerned Chair, that maybe it's an area that we need to look at. I'm not sure if whether it belongs to this committee or not, but for me, it's worrying that underperformance, overspending, irregular expenditure happens unabated. Um, for now, Chair, those are the three issues that I wanted to rise on. Uh, but again, thank you very much for the presentation that was made. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Members. Uh, my apology, I was trying to prime uh, Advocate Jenkins uh, because I want him to come in because I, I, I can uh, feel the frustration um, uh, coming from uh, the research team and uh, then coming from the honorable members. And as lawmakers, we, we can't be seen to be powerless in some of these things. Um, uh, <clears throat> because we, as you are saying, that a lot of things have been identified. But uh, just before I allow Advocate uh, 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 Jenkins, I'll just say one thing. If you look at how big this elephant is, um, again, you should be careful that we shouldn't bite more than we can chew, uh, uh, considering that we have also got time frame to deal with these things by such and such a time. We need to have passed these and so on and so forth. So there's 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 that balancing act that we need to 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 to, to consider. But uh, uh, Advocate Jenkins, you 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 have had uh, uh, the 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 honourable members. I just want you to share with us exactly uh, what is it that we can and cannot do. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I hope I'm audible. Yes, uh, good, uh, oh, good morning, still. Um, Chair, I think we are very, or we are quite familiar with the normal cycle of the budget and how the money bills and related matters act empowers uh, Parliament in a procedural manner to make those amendments. And maybe just to remind um, the members of it that we it's a it's a oversight exercise. So we have adopted reports on performance, the BRRRs. So that's on the performance of departments, and those reports filter into the appropriations committees through various portfolio committees. Um, and based on that, as well as scope reports and auditor general reports, appropriations committees can then look at changing the budget, the appropriation bill as such. 
what has happened this year, of course, as we all know now, it's COVID, um, uh, coronavirus or whatever one wants to call it. It's from where I'm sitting, it's far from over. So the impact is not certain yet. But what we have seen from where we are now in July is that we have an adjustments budget. My 20 years in Parliament or almost 20 years in Parliament is the first time we have an adjustments budget in June, July and not in September. It's not only an adjustments budget, it's, it's there's quite some radical changes that has come in because of this pandemic. What does that mean for Parliament's powers to amend the budget? Chair, it's, it makes it, I would say, very difficult at this point in time to say we must amend that adjustments appropriation bill. That's going to be very difficult simply because it's an extraordinary ex situation. It's not that cyclical matter if i can just use a small thing that's that's been on the agenda ever since which is bucket toilets okay i agree with the researcher and the, the, the presentations made there it's something that's been there but when it's normal circumstances one can track the spending and the progress in eradicating the bucket system when we have COVID, suddenly money is being shifted around priorities change or certain priorities is elevated and and that makes it difficult to track. So we're going to have to realign a little bit. That's my, my sense in this matter. So what we can do at this point in time is to, to note these things. And I agree with what the researcher submission. The, the issue is really, are we delivering on the basic rights? Um, and, and, and how does the COVID budget, if I can call it that, or this um, supplementary budget, affects those? Because certain rights will get more attention than others at this point in time because of the pandemic. Um, but Chair, that, that shifting or that realignment process and the resolutions that are in the report of the committee, uh, that is what we can do at this point in time because those resolutions will filter in to the next adjustments budget that we will receive September, October. There we will get the medium-term budget policy statement. So the, the statements made by this committee today will influence the MTBPS. The reports on the MTBPS and what the committee say about that MTBPS will then also influence the budget that comes February next year. Now, Chair, according to what, what, um, what was just discussed now, those, those responses from the Minister of Finance to the MTBPS reports, to the reports of this appropriation bill, uh, adjustments appropriation bill, those let's say commit, call it commitments or assurances given by the Minister of Finance because he must respond to the committee's recommendations. Those are tracked. The, the resolutions of the committee itself, I, th I think that is the responsibility of support staff of the committee to make sure that those are tracked. Once it goes to the House and the Minister responds, there is a mechanism um, in the National Assembly staff, in the National Assembly table to track the responses coming from ministers assurances given by ministers. So those can be tracked. Now, Chair, this is the background to making an amendment to a budget. When we track all those responses and we see how Parliament dealt with certain issues, again, um, the one I can mention, the issue of bucket toilet, there are so many at the moment. But those, Chair, is how we make an impact. So it's not it's not really a waste of time to make these um, recommendations. And, and in fact, it's very critical that we word the recommendations critically as well as I would say even prioritize it to say, look, these are the five most critical areas which the committee want to see an improvement on. The reason I'm saying that is we can't do everything um, 
at the at, at the same time, Chair, we will have to prioritise with the with the money that's available in the fisc, as the way I see it. So, Chair, this is what the committee can do. So, it's a process. It's not something that we're going to change overnight. And and I want to say, even the process we're in at the moment, the the impact of COVID, from what I'm hearing, is that we will only see that impact next year because it's not over yet. So, so that is what the let me say the effectiveness of what the committee is doing today. So one must one must see that as a process and and um, yeah, not in a, the process perhaps is an end in itself rather than sitting now and saying. But yeah, let me just end with this is that because it's an extraordinary budget that we're dealing with now, it will be very difficult to amend it based on what we've heard before. I mean, we've dealt with some of these issues in the normal budget of 2020, but whatever happened in 2019 is. Um, is not going to be uh, really useful to change the budget today. So we'll, we'll have to deal with that. That's that's it, Chair. Thank you very much. Yes, be before you, you stand down, Advocate Jenkins, there, there is a, a, um, a concern which has always been there about the effectiveness and the efficiency of the uh, uh, usage of money. Um, yes. Obvious. It's, it's one thing, the, the, the allocation of money, but again, the money that is being appropriated, basically, we are saying we're not getting value for it. Um, and you, I, I, I get type of a frustration from the honorable members. Do you want to comment on that? Well, Chair, that <laughs> first let me agree with, with, with what was said. Um, it's simple because it's a matter of record. We have changed the Audit Act last year. I think people are quite aware of that because of this, because of irregular expenditure, because of continuous wasteful and fruitless expenditure. So the Auditor General can now actually hand out penalties to accounting officers um, and become more effective. So it's a matter that's been there. Um, it's a matter that's been addressed in, uh, in legislation. Now it needs to percolate or cipher down or percolate up how everyone wants to see it to the administration of government. Because that is a matter that, that that's critical, and and uh, with emphasis placed by the Minister on Finance on the public wage bill, certainly efficiencies and effectiveness of the public service is critical. So it's a frustration again, Chair. The process of of raising these frustrations in recommendations or in resolutions of the committee is part of the process, but it, it needs to be done. It needs to be done quicker, if I may. This is now a policy matter beyond my pay grade, but it needs to be done more serious than before because it took us quite a while to change that Public Audit Act to come to the point to say, look, we need to do something about the investment we put in public service. So, Chair, um, it, it's not, I want to assure the members, it's not a, a wasted exercise. Um, I think once the Auditor General and we're getting a new Auditor General this year, perhaps the new person will place more emphasis and, and no, 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 no offense to the present Auditor General, but I mean, he only recently received those powers. I think the new Auditor General might grow into those powers first day in the office. And once one or two of, of, of the exercises of those powers come forward, more accounting officers will take um, a stronger look at their procurement policies, for instance, and how they do their procurement, because that is that is critical. Are we spending our money and what are we getting from it? Thank you, Chair. I hope I've answered your question. Yeah. Thank, 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 thank you very much, uh, Advocate Jenkins. Thank you very much, Musa and Sviso and the research team, not your, your absentia.
uh, to honorable members. Uh, obviously, you have set uh, uh, yourselves quite an agenda because these things that you are raising are things that uh, you have to follow up on 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 them. <clears throat> you know, um, there there is this thing. Um, people may think that when you go to to the departments, uh, you you don't have the necessary capacity and brains. My my experience is that you do have those people in this in these departments, but the problems in most of the departments there's so much fear. People who are up there, the power that they wield is the minister doesn't wield that power, which is the power that you'll find in some of the uh, director generals and DDGs. There is a there is what I call a, 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 a OR tambo type of management. Which is something that I experienced in my very, very uh, early, early ages. In the army setup, as you know, it's 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 very uh, strict. You can't be talking to anybody. When the the the, the commander in chief of uh, the army at the time, Comrade uh, R, comes to the camp, uh, ordinarily wouldn't expect an ordinary soldier there to be able to speak to to O R. <clears throat> but what O R will do? He'll be moving from one base to the other, and uh, if you are up there lining, the the commanders wouldn't like you to talk to uh, to OR Tambo, but Tambo will just say, "Do you have something to say? Speak, let me hear." And people will be free to to speak and talk about some of the things which are happening in the camps and so on. And you'll be saying, "Why are you not? Why are we having a, a, a old uniform?" Say no, I've been trying to get it, and the commander will be next to him. Chief, why is he not getting a uniform? I was in Sweden such and such a time, and we got so many uniforms. They must be it somewhere in 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 Luanda. I'm I'm just relating that's that story to say when you look at the, the departments, you'll see that there are so many young people who have got brains. They want to they want to deliver and so on, but there's so much fear in 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 in, in those departments. You differ with the boss, you are out. Not with the minister or the deputy minister, with the people who will power, which is, I'll tell you that the ministers don't will power in those departments, right? So I think, again, these are the things that we should, we should, we should, we should look at. <clears throat> again, there's another thing. Um, um, uh, some people are afraid, again, even to come to the civil service now. They say, uh, if you want to apply for the end of your career, you must, you must go there. But I'm just saying, give you, uh, I'm not answering any of your questions. I'm just sharing with you some of, of the explanatory variables in this conundrum that we, 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 we are looking at. But honorable members, I think we've defined the problem. There's a day, I think it's Friday, again, where there's something which, where we're going to be looking at how we've worked. And I'll just request the honorable members to, to allow us as the management team to look at this thing of, 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 of uh, com, uh, comrade poor of labor and, and, and employment and see whether we can be able to uh, to also uh, <clears throat> accommodate it, I'll tell I'll I'll tell you why. Uh, one of the things which COVID nineteen has done is just created crisis as far as employment. We are bleeding jobs left, right, and center, and obviously there are companies which are taking advantage of that situation. So I think it it's something that we may have to look at. If we can't accommodate it now, we'll we'll do as as as, as you suggested. But if we can, I think we'll also look in, in, into it and see whether we're, we're accommodating it. Um, honourable members, I think that's let's leave this one at that. Thank you very much again for the for the for the engagement.
Can we look at the minutes which were sent uh, 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 to us so that we can uh, start adopting the minutes? The, mis the minutes were sent to us and we we, <clears throat> uh, uh, we looked at them, I, 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 I suppose. So I want us to, to start with the minutes of the 17th of June 2020. Can you please remember us go to those minutes? I won't be going page by page. If there's anything on the minutes of the 17th of June 2020, honorable members would like to raise, um, please indicate. I take it we are having those minutes. Can I have a mover for the adoption of the minutes of the 17th of June 2020? Yes, um, Lenzana. Mm. Lenzana is moving. Robert Joseph? Please unmute. I support you. Okay. There's a seconder from Honorable uh, Joseph. Seconder. Okay. Can we then um, adopt the, min the minutes of the 17th of June 2020? I hereby adopted as the true reflection of that meeting. Can you go to the minutes of the 25th of June, 2020? Are yes. we there? Yes, Honorable Kaiso. Yes, Chair, I want to move for the adoption of the minutes of June, 2020. 25 June. I mean, yes, okay. not June. Yeah, 25 June, 25 yes. June, 2020. So, okay. Honorable Kaiso uh, is moving for the adoption of the minutes of the 25th of June 2020. Do I have a seconder? Yes, Second. I've read them. Uh, was, was that uh, Honorable Peters? Yes, I second Honorable Kaiso on the minutes of the 20th of June. 25th. Is it 25th? Yes, remember. Oh, yeah, 25th of June. Okay. Thank you. Uh, there's a seconder. Can you adopt the minutes as a true reflection of that meeting? Adopted. No. Okay. We move to the minutes of the of the eighth of July. Minutes of the eighth of July, 2020. Again, the we have been having those minutes. Can I have a move of the minutes of the eighth of July? Chairperson, uh, I so move. Uh, honorable Honorable Joseph, do you move? Chairperson, uh, just a, a question. I've got no problems with the minutes, but just a question on page 13. Okay, um, okay just hold on. Okay. Yeah. I just would like to know on page 13, uh, in the middle, of the, the the 500 billion relief package. Um, the president raised it as a stimulus package, and we say it's a relief package. I think it's a stimulus package for, for the relief of COVID-19. So, um, um, it's just a technical thing I'm raising. Thank you, Chair. Darren? Chairperson? Yes, Darren. So, should I say stimulus package, Chair, and, and or what, 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 is, what is the member suggesting? And I, I think it's, let's, let's leave with relief. Let's okay. leave with, 
with the relief pack with the relief package i know that some technical uh, 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 debates yeah. around stimulus and so on let's say it's a relief uh, uh, package okay yeah. This one, thank you Twanche. okay with me okay so uh, uh, peters Robert peters are you moving for the adoption you're on, on record again Yes, Chairperson, I'm moving for the adoption of the minutes of the 8th of July. Do I have a seconder for the adoption of the minutes of 8th of July? Mlenzana. It's, 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 it's seconding the adoption of the minutes of 8th July 2020. So the minutes of 8th July 2020 are a true reflection of that meeting. Then, honorable members, can we go to the minutes of the 9th of July? Yeah, Chairperson, then is here. Honorable Joseph. Yeah, thank you, Chairperson. Again, on page 13, again, the, the, the relief or stimulus package, but uh, this time, uh, the second paragraph, the second bullet on page 13, while welcoming the 500 million, it should be 500 billion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Darren, did you pick up that one? Chairperson, I'm checking. This is page 13. Second bullet. Second okay, bullet. got it. Changed it, Chair. Okay, thank you, Honorable Joseph. We'll make that amendment. Any other intervention? No. Can you adopt the minutes of the 9th of July? Yes, I move, Chair. Honorable Kaiso is moving for the adoption of the minutes of 9th of July. Seconder? Honorable yes, Peter? Sir. I second the minutes as yeah. proposed by Honorable Aiso. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, uh, thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll um, adopt the minutes with the amendments suggested by Honorable uh, Joseph as a true reflection of, 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 of that meeting. Uh, that takes care of the minutes, Honorable members. Darren, uh, I know you have sent us uh, the, the, the program, at least for, for, for this week. Can you just share with honorable members what is happening tomorrow, Thursday, Friday? Tomorrow, nothing, Chair. On Thursday at 2, we are meeting with water and sanitation. And on Friday, where is it now? Nosipo, can you help there, please? Yeah. When is the debate tomorrow? No? I didn't. I, I'm not sure, Chair, what time it's yeah. starting. On Friday is health and social development. Yes, yes. Yeah. Friday is health and development. Uh, uh, nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Okay. Members, you know this this debate tomorrow time. Uh, three o'clock. Yes, it will be at three. At, at three tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Uh, good luck. Good luck okay. to all those so, who are debating. Good luck. Good luck, uh, uh, honourable members. Um, sorry, sorry, chair. Before you, before you go. <laughs> I will not be discussing that, Peter. Or Yes, sir. I see that we got water and sanitation. Is that what we're saying on Thursday? Yes, Chairperson. Now, Chair, for the last four and a yes, half years, we have been requesting. Darren is aware of it, and Musa is aware of it. Where we found corruption alive in Mountain. Come, 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 Honourable Sheikh. Elephant. We've been asking the audit how much everything. I don't know if we can request them to bring that report on Thursday again because they haven't brought it for four and a half years. 
Just, 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 just repeat, Honorable uh, uh, Sheikh. Chair we, Chair, we went on an oversight visit and mm -hmm. we found corruption alive in Mount Aleph in the Eastern Cape. We have repeatedly been requesting the department to bring us certain information. Minister after minister has changed, and I agree that ministers have very little power if the DGs that call the shots here. They have not been bringing us that information for us to prove to them what we meant when we found corruption alive when we went there. And they are deliberately not bringing the information, Chair. So I'm suggesting that if they're coming Thursday, maybe we need to remind them they need to bring that information. Um, uh, Darren, can you please uh, uh, remind the department to bring that report? I'll do that, Chair. But uh, Chair, that, that trip, they have sent the report and I distributed it. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to have to check all my old mails now to check where that report is and then I'll just... I'll just resend it. Maybe Mr. Sheikh must it uh, somehow. No. Can, can I come in there, Chair? Sorry to do please, this. Please do that. I know about please. the report they sent, Chair. They didn't give us what we wanted. We, mm. we told them, let me tell you what happened, Chair. We went there, we found this corruption. They misled us into even taking us to this place. Then we said, can you bring us the document? When did you award the contract? How much was for it? When did you budget for it? Because we found that there was... a. They saved, can you tell me, Chair, out of a, I think it was, Musa knows whether it was a 600,000 contract, they saved about 300 and some odd thousand or more that eventually when we intervened. So we asked them to give us the finer details. When was it awarded? Who was the contractor? How much did you budget for on initially for the contract and everything? They didn't give us that yet, Chair. Okay. Um, hey, uh, Suggestion, Chair? Yes, yes. Yes, Chair. my suggestion, Chair, would be it looks like this is deeper than what one would have thought of. Why then? Because now I'm looking at now the time lapse or the time stamp between today and the, the day when we would be with the, the department. Taking into cognizance that uh, Honorable Sheikh is saying this is a bit old in terms of time span. Why not then, as as you would be consolidating the department and time frames which you would be calling as per this past uh, item that we have just dealt with, that they they as what I'm foundation be informed that we would like to have that. I'm suggesting, chair. Suggesting, look, Chair, I briefed you in the sidelines that I will also be with the Minister uh, of Water and Sanitation as Alfred Nzo, together with the Executive Mayor and Mayors. Perhaps I could start scratching on this, you know, when, when, when the Minister would be in Alfred Nzo. But I think the best is for you to slot in correctly. That, that's my take, Chair. I'm thinking aloud. Okay. Uh Honorable Sheikh, can you leave with that? Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. 
Okay, thank you. Honorable Kais, I see your hand. Honorable Kaiso. Hands is not up. Uh, oh, it's up by mistake, yes. Okay. Honorable members, uh, I think this takes us to the end of, of our meeting, but thank you very much for the engagement with the, the Division of Revenue Amendment and the discussion that we have, we have, we have, we have, we have just had. Uh, let me join uh, Honorable Peters in wishing you uh, well tomorrow in, in your debate. Nobody is allowed to challenge what the chair says in his debate. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about one thing, Chair. Yes. Sorry, Chair, I'm worried about one thing. Honorable Peter made the wrong meeting. You better not go to the wrong house, Chair. Okay. <laughs>